Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark and tonight I am talking with Matt Kirby. What's up, man? Hey, man. How you doing? I am doing great. It is so fun to finally have you on one of these. <laughs> yeah, God, it's been a bit of a bit of a tour de force, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, fucking time zone, man. <laughs> oh, dude, time zone's doing my head in. It's like between like trying to organize this is one thing, but between the the Jedi Council and and the Humphrey Review and, and Ginger Mirror, it's like uh, trying to organize time zones and like. Uh, we'll do this this night, but that means I've got to stay up till midnight, and then I'm up till three, and then I'm up at six the next morning. I'm just like, fucking... Oh. Yeah, that gets How rough. You guys help me out. <laughs> you fuckers get up early and do it. <laughs> or stay up late. I don't care. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, it's, um, well, you it's, took the hit on this one, dude, so I will take the hit on the next time I have you on, okay? Uh, no, no, I don't, I don't mind doing one one late one a week. I can do one late Saturday night a week, which is fine. Um, but yeah, oh, just it, yeah. the trouble is because I'm up at literally. I will be up at six o'clock tomorrow morning. It doesn't matter what time we finish tonight. Oh wow! So you know, being that this is only going to be a fifteen minute podcast, I'll be <laughs> in bed at eleven. That's right. Yeah, you wanted to have so the shortest ever start. Fifteen cast. minutes. So yeah, we, we've we've already run longer than I thought we were. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was envisioning it was going to be you know. Oh, Hello, exactly. welcome to Startcast. I'm talking with Matt Kirby, and you're going to be like, "Raw, oh, I have a short start cast, and then we just cut it off." <laughs> That's it. Thanks for having me. See you later. Yeah. So I. Oh, what the fuck? Fuck off. Um, I will be up. I, I, come rain or shine, I'll be up at six tomorrow morning. Ah, it, it, um, that's just like how your body's wired? or Yeah, it's just it's just what I've gotten used to now. I used to do it for a living for, for my old job before I went self-employed. I was up. I'd start at half seven work. So I would get up at half, uh, I would get up at six so that I had an hour of just peace and quiet. And you know what it's like with the kids. Yes. Like that's my peace and quiet time before anyone gets up and it's lovely. And I get to play (laughs) video games and watch TV that they don't want to watch and read comic books. And just, I used to smoke as well. So I used to have, you know, tea, cigarettes, really like sort myself out before I went to work. And then I'd go to work for seven o'clock, sit and read in the car for half an hour and then be ready to, to start the working day. And it's just kind of stuck with me. And if I sleep later than eight o'clock, if by any chance I manage to sleep later than eight o'clock, I've got a stinking headache all day. Oh, no. It's fucking horrible. So, you know, I will. it doesn't matter whether I get three hours sleep tonight. I will still be up at six tomorrow morning and I'll still do all the stuff I have to do tomorrow. And then I will just be tired and fall asleep on the sofa at seven o'clock in the evening tomorrow night. <laughs> it, it made me think of when we were all on the Supercast episode fifty together. <laughs> Dude, that was that was a whole that was a full nighter for me. I, I was up till was it five in the morning? Yeah, something like that. And I went to, I went to sleep and I was up at I had an hour's kip and then I was straight back up again. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it! Oh, that's crazy. I can do it sometimes. I used to, be able to do it a lot. Oh god, when I was in my 20s, dude, I remember staying up all night partying so often that I became familiar with that feeling of you'd look out the window and see it was starting to get light out and I'd like feel sad. 
Be like, ah, the sun's coming up. That's yeah. a real fucking bummer. <laughs> See, I could never do that. My my problem is, as soon as the sun goes down, my eyes want to close and I want to go to sleep, and that's it. I mean, we there, there was a, a a really stupid time. We were coming back from Ireland. We went over, went over there for a holiday when, oh god, this is before we were married, and um, on the way back. I mm, I stupidly got the time of the ferry wrong, and we missed the ferry, um, which sucked. So we had to ca- we were catching the fast, which was like a two-hour ferry crossing. We missed it. The fer- next ferry wasn't until so the ferry we were going to get was seven. The next ferry was midnight. Getting into um, Hollyhead in Wales at. Um, three, I think, and then we had a six-hour drive home from there. Oh, and we had to do it because we 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 tried to find a hotel in Hollyhead that night. We couldn't find one because they were all booked and it was too late. So we literally, me and me and Catherine took our stints on on driving home once we got back into into England. Um, we do an hour, get to a garage, get a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, switch over, do an hour, and just keep going like that. And then all of a sudden, the sun came up, and I was fine. I just drove the rest of the way, <laughs> and she went in to go to sleep. So it's uh, it's, it's horrible. I just if the sun's up, I'll, I'm awake. That's it. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that'd be fucking rough. Mm, it is, especially when you go to a country and there's like the sun's up really early and up stays out really late. Is the sun kind of like that in England? I mean, like, but what time um, in the morning does it usually come up for you, and what time does it set in the evening? Uh, at the moment, it comes up about half past seven, and it sets around um, five. And that will change in the summer to getting light about four and getting dark about ten. Oh, wow. See, right Do now it's not, pretty similar here in England. What's that? Does it not change out there then? Well, I was, yeah, right now it's pretty much the same, but I think we lose the light here during the summer, like around nine o'clock or so. And then maybe it's probably light like around five. So it sounds like you get like about an extra hour both ways than us. So you must be a little bit further north, maybe. Yeah, we must be. I don't know how much further north, but a little bit, little bit further up the equator, aren't we, I suppose? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, horrible. I, I I wish I could sleep in. I really do. <laughs> I slept till uh, almost eight this morning, and it was weird. Like I haven't slept that late in a really long time. So, do the kids wake you up? Uh yeah. Usually, I'll I'll wake up to the sounds of it. Sounds like a stampede running up and down the hallway. <laughs> sounds like you got elephant. Yeah, I know the I know that <laughs> fucking elephants in the hallway. Right. See, we don't get that. I mean, my the the the, the two girls are now they're sleeping because they're teenagers, so that's not too bad. And the little boy, literally, he'll wake up at maybe four in the morning, walk through the house, climb into bed with us, and go to sleep until nine ten o'clock. Aww. So it's it's quite nice and peaceful. That if if I'm quiet, I can get up, I can I can sort myself out, I can have a cup of tea, and I can sit and play 
computer games or read consoles or, or, or read comics or, or all sorts of things. And if I'm quiet, I can get two hours <laughs> if I'm quiet. It's not funny. Much it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, the, you, it's like you can have your alone time, but it comes with conditions. <laughs> yeah, be quiet. Keep everything down. Don't put the kettle on too loud because it, it makes too much noise. And just, just, and you, ah, oh, it's my house. I should be able to do what the fuck I want. I'm beholden to a child. He's yeah. gonna wake up and then he'll want to watch fucking. Monsters University or Cars or something <laughs> that I've, we've seen thousands of times. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. So, anyway. It's the new <laughs> thing that, that my boys have been on is they've been on a serious Sonic the Hedgehog kick. What, the, the, the show? Uh, everything Sonic. Like, I've, oh, got, I've got the Sonic collection that came out on PlayStation 2 and, like, way back in, like, 2002. And so yep. a while back, I hooked up my old PS2 and my old um, CRT TV in in the kids' room. And yeah. so as soon as they kind of rediscovered that Sonic game, they've been all about it. And so they're either playing that or they're watching YouTube videos of other people playing Sonic or they're actually playing <laughs> Sonic like you? on their devices. <laughs> what is it with kids and YouTube? I don't know. They're, they're into it. <laughs> so, I mean, do, do they watch... I know I've totally spoken to Ty about this. Do, do they watch like kid people playing with toys on there? Yeah. Yes. What the fuck? I don't get this. And um, we're missing a trick. Have you looked at any of these videos? Oh, they're mind numbing. I can't watch them with them. But have have you looked at the amount of views and subscribers they've had? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Fucking hell, that baffles the shit out of me. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, how? <laughs> I know. How the fuck? But one of the ones that Rowan watches has got like four million subscribers. <laughs> what, what the fuck? No, so these I... people are making money off of doing videos where they're holding plushies and like doing the voices and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't get it. Oh. I mean, oh, but he, I mean, he'll literally sit with my i mean if anyone actually ever looked at my youtube what viewing history it looks weird <laughs> because half of it is you know computer game solutions star wars i you know theories and all that kind of shit and the other half is just people playing with toy cars and people playing with thomas tank engine and <laughs> it's just get arrested i think <laughs> yeah it gets pretty fucking weird yeah it is very weird well my 10 year old all of a sudden let's see i think it was about last week he took his phone and he actually made a video like that and just uploaded it to youtube and so me and my wife are like whoa you know hey is he a youtube millionaire now <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe that's his goal but um you're retired <laughs> and so my wife and i are like well you know dude you're only 10 and just any weirdo on the internet can yeah. now connect with you on your phone. And so we're like, maybe don't do that. And like, he immediately got tears in his eyes. He's like, but I want to be oh, a YouTuber. Bless <laughs> oh, bless him. <laughs> and so we looked into it and we figured out that we could just change his account settings. So it's like, he, yeah. people can't just randomly find him. He needs to actually like send the link to them. And so now he makes the right, videos yeah, and then yeah. sends the link to like, you know, the people in our family and shit. <laughs> Oh, at least that's something. Bless him. 
Yeah, it's pretty adorable. Oh. <laughs> I mean, they're those same yeah. videos where they're like holding their little Sonic plushies and just using their <laughs> imaginations and just being lunatics, you know? Oh, God. It's just... I, I mean, YouTube's a brilliant tool for, for if it's used the right way, but a lot of it just seems... I mean, we the trouble is we use YouTube for, for Rowan as a distraction when he's eating because he's a bit of a tricky eater. And he, if he's if he's got a tablet in front of him with YouTube on, he'll he'll eat whatever you put in his mouth. He's just he'll, he's just completely away with the fairies. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, that, but other than that, I mean, some of the stuff that's on there just makes you want to hit yourself in the head with a hammer. Oh yeah, and and you know it's so it's so mind-numbingly boring on some of the shit that they watch that it's like I don't have a chance to review everything. And so it's more they have the the sound up loud enough that we can kind of hear it. And so we just kind of stay tuned in to if we hear, like, you know, naughty language or or something like yeah. that. Then And usually they we've kind of gotten them trained to the point where when they see that sort of stuff in their videos, they know to turn it. Yeah. Good kids. Yeah, yeah. No, I have that. <laughs> I have that. I have terrible kids. Oh, they have their moments. Like, these guys just beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> it's mostly one-sided yeah, with see, the little one beating I... up the big one, which is weird. See, that? that's... Because we've had girls. We never had that. Fighting, you know, consists of bitching and whinging and whining and... Oh, there's, there's no like me and my brother. Like you had a fight. It was a punch. It was done, and one was crying, one was not, and that was the end of it. You don't get that with girls. You just get bitching and whinging and oh, mind-numbing, mind-numbing bitching. It's <laughs> <sighs> a wonder I'm sane, Joe. It really is. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. <laughs> oh God. And they, they're so getting to be bad. teenagers now. Going. Well, no, we've we've got a twenty-year-old, an eighteen-year-old, and an eleven-year-old. Oh wow! I didn't know your um, kids were that old, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, the 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 sinking of women is not it's not fun <laughs> as they sink their body clocks and they get older and, and more aggressive and, and I want to hide and hide away. In a hole for a week. <laughs> it just turned into Amazons every once in a while and you have to go hide. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Just run away, hide in a hole, poke my head out every so often to make sure the coast is clear. <laughs> is it safe? <laughs> oh, God. It's like a white flag comes out of a little hole. <laughs> Can I come out now? No! <laughs> oh, it's, it's not that bad. They're all right. They're okay, but oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's the it's the very alien notion of girls has, has perplexed me over the years. I just don't get it. I mean, Rowan, the boy, and, and my wife's finding that she doesn't understand him because she's only ever had girls. Now, me growing up as a boy and, and you know, my brother, I kind of understand what Rowan is doing, and she doesn't. She's like Rowan is this absolute force of nature that. Uh, he's not, he's what, three um, next month, actually. Um, he is just, I mean, he'd give you a run for a money as climber. He will climb anything. So I, I showed, I just sent you this picture of this Bosch thing that's holding my microphone, didn't I? Yeah. 
So how flimsy does that look? Like yeah. it, it's not stable, is it? He will climb that. Literally, he will climb and stand on top of that in the middle of the room to try and get somewhere. <laughs> There's nothing stable about it at all. It's ridiculous. It's like, dude, I I, do, I work at heights for a living. I wouldn't fucking climb that. He's <laughs> like, it's fine. But he's, he's terrible, and she doesn't understand it. She doesn't understand this boy's mentality of he just wants to climb everything, be into everything. You know, stuff bounces off of him. He's not a he's not frail. He's just he's a boy. And I think it's it, it's great for me, but it's panicking her, something rotten. She really, she really doesn't know what to do with him half the time. I think his, his report from um his report from nursery came home as uh uh, it was weird because it was it was actually um, written in his like he wrote it. I said, uh, "I'm uh, I have a great time at nursery. I really enjoy opening the fire door and running outside." You're <laughs> <laughs> like, oh fuck! She's like, what do I do? I said, nothing. He just wants to be outside. He wants to play in the garden. That's what... <laughs> All he does is just smash at the fire door. He's broken. I can't remember how many stair gates we've had. He's broken just because he's just so strong for his size or for his age. He just destroys them. It's, um, yeah. It's going to be interesting. That one. <laughs> Well, with Lindsay, she gets outnumbered because she's got two of them, and they yes, speak their own the language. Other, yes, she, she's the other side of the uh, other side of the coin for me. <laughs> she gets to be perplexed at the boys, you know, laughing at the word "butt" and stuff like that, <laughs> and laying on the floor and farting and thinking it's the funniest thing ever. And she's like, yeah, "Why is this happening?" <laughs> Yeah, what have I done to deserve this? Where's my pinks and dolls? What do I do? Or they'll play out in the backyard in the summertime and just keep taking the hose or like cupfuls of water and just dumping them in the same spot and stomping in it until they've made a mud hole in the backyard and then filling up little cups with mud and dumping them on their heads and shit. Oh, God. And she just sits there kind of off to the side in her lounge chair and just kind of watches, you know? <laughs> She's like, yeah, they're 100% boy. Yep. God. <laughs> it's a madhouse, oh, dude. Why did we do it? Why? Ah, uh, it's because they're so cute when they're little. They grow up and get their own opinions. It's kind of like, oh. Yeah, you wait, mate. You wait. Oh, God. Teenagers are not fun. <laughs> I'm not looking. Just as, as emotional as they get right now being miniature. Like, the amount of times one of them is, like, wigged out, went to their room, and slammed the door, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be awful in about 10 years. <laughs> Even less now, you know? You wait, there'll be holes in those doors. <laughs> We've actually got a hole in one door right now, and I think my wife was pissed off. I think the dog pissed on the floor or something like that. <laughs> Lindsay punched our bathroom door and put a hole in it. And so I yeah. said to her, I said, you know, when people come into this house, they're going to look at you, who's petite and blonde and adorable, and they're going to look at me, who's big, and they're going to be like, that guy has rage issues. Look at the hole in this door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're going to make a snap I might, judgment. I might have replaced a few doors in my house for that reason. <laughs> 
Oh man, the door I had to my house when I was growing up. I remember I got into it with my dad one time and I went downstairs and I kicked the shit out of that door so bad that I couldn't even get it back open. Oh Jesus. It was bad. In in my defense, the door was already fucked because we had left the dog in there one time and he tried to claw his way out. And so he made it about halfway through the hollow core door. Oh Jesus. Yeah, it was it was not good. I came home and like it was just fucking shredded. Oh, well. Okay. Yeah, flimsy fucking doors. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we had that uh flood that flooded our house in two thousand eight, and so I had to replace every single door in the house. Because it's like there's no way I can leave a door here that was at one time had up to eighteen inches of flood water, you know. Well, especially not all those old ones because they'll just swell up and fall to pieces. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, so much of fucking woodworking these days is just shit just like that. It's a yep. thin layer of veneer over bullshit. Yep. Yep. Welcome to my life. <laughs> so Welcome do you, to my life. Do you do woodworking professionally, or is that more just like a hobby for you? Yeah, it's my, it's my career. That, I'm, I'm okay, that's what I thought. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what I do every day, all day. Uh, yeah. What does that mostly consist of? Like, what do you specialize well, in? Um, cabinet making is probably, uh, well, paintable cabinet making. So like MDF cabinets, TV stands, um, media units, that kind of stuff is what I, what I, that's my bread and butter. Although that's at the cool. moment I've done, I've done a lot of doors, hung a lot of doors in a lot of houses. I think I did probably nearly a hundred doors last year. Oh, wow. Was, um, yeah, when you think about it, it's £250 per door that the customer's paying plus my, my fitting fee. It's a lot of money. That's not a bad gig, dude. <laughs> it's not, but I don't get the £250 for the door. <laughs> the door. The door comes from a company, but um, yeah, it's um, yeah, mainly mainly cabinet work. So I make a lot of, um, I, I've got an interior design friend that designs a lot of cabinets for me to make for cus- for their customers, so. I do that and install the TVs and all the media units to them, which is pretty cool. But at the moment, I am outside building an outbuilding, building like a, I suppose it's a extension to a garage that's going to be used as an office slash home gym. And I've been doing that since Christmas. And why the fuck am I working outside in January? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Every year I do this, I end up working outside in January, and I don't know why. So what are the English winters like where you're at? Is it mostly rain? Uh, It's wet. Wet and cold. So, I mean, it's been raining most of the day. There was a frost on the ground this morning, so it was about maybe three or four degrees this morning when I got up and I went to work. Uh, And then it was just pissing with rain most of the day which is you know pretty much what you're going to get for january it sucks yeah that is a shit combination cold and wet yeah it's and it's that really fine misty rain that is is it really gets you wet yeah it just seems to appear everywhere on you you know (laughs) oh that's the worst it's like going out camping and you get like a rain like that and you wake up and your tent is just like heavy with that like thick dew and you just touch one of the sidewalls and it immediately just comes right through and gets all over you. Yeah. God, I've been camping for a long time. 
Yeah, I I love the outdoors and like I will abide sleeping by a tent, but at the end of the day, I think it's a giant pain in the ass to like set it all up and everything. Like I get so jealous of my friends that just have like a minivan that they've just like retrofitted into like a a weird little RV. Fun in that. Yeah, but there's there's ease in that. (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's not worth if if you're not doing it right, don't do it. Stay in a fucking hotel. (laughs) Jesus. Can't properly. Uh, <laughs> that episode where Simeon was talking about the way he's got his van set up, like that's what I would aspire to have. That would be amazing. Uh, it, it would be nice, but I, I love, I really love camping. I mean, I love sleeping in a tent, and I just haven't done it for such a long time now. I think it, it's the trouble is over here; it's quite expensive to go camping, so. I think there's a really nice campsite down the road that we used to go to, um, and it was it, like in a woodland, which was really cool. It had like toilets and showers and shit, but you still camped on, under the trees, which was quite nice. So you had like a double canopy, and um, I think it was like twenty four pounds a night, so that would be about thirty six dollars a night. That's insane. It's a lot of money, isn't it? It is. I so mean, especially like, considering like your, oh, your camping weekend is still going to cost you sixty-eight pounds just to pitch your tent, and that's yeah. before you've you bought your food. You're like, nah, fuck off, right? You know, you want to. You know, we, we said, oh, we'll do a week down there. It's so it's so nice down there. It's, it's in a, a place called the New Forest, which is about um, an hour and a half drive from from where we are, and um, we're just about 50 miles south of London. So if that gives anyone an idea of where I am, good luck. Um, so, uh, and it's, it's, it's super flat and it's lots of, lots of woodlands and lots of um, sort of nice trails and um, nice pubs and little, little sort of uh, market towns. So there's lots to do. So you could stay down there for a week and, and, and not get bored. But when it's going to cost you, nearly 300 pound to pitch your tent for a week you're like no fuck off yeah that's just fucking crazy i'd sooner go somewhere else and get a travel in for for a week so yeah we don't we haven't done it for a while we really should try and do it this year if we can but it's just i i'm a i'm an absolute scrooge with money i think i won't i won't waste it on something like that, which I should do because it's memories, but I don't. I'd rather waste it on comics. <laughs> That's the way that I'm frugal as well. Or, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll spend a hundred quid on a box of fucking like blind box cards, but I won't spend. <laughs> I won't pay for a camping holiday for my family to enjoy. <laughs> it sounds awful when you put it that way. <laughs> Oh, look, hermit crabs are on TV, Joe. What? Hermit crabs on TV. You're like, ah, oh, that's a blue Caribbean. You can tell by its large purple hook, uh, or its large purple claw. When <laughs> I, I listened to that, I was fooling about laughing. I was like, fucking hermit crabs. What are you doing? <laughs> 
God, it made me laugh so much. <laughs> See, the most common one will be your Caribbean one that has the large bluish or purple claw. And when it retreats into its shell, that's what it'll be on the outside. And if you disturb it, it'll point that claw out like, fuck off, man, I'll pinch you with my giant claw. <laughs> See, I used to, we, um, I used to keep um, a Florida blue lobster. Oh, cool! Which was quite cool. It was a like it's a like the size of a crayfish, and um, uh, yeah, well, I, I I bought it, and I, I actually bought two. So I, I in the pet shop, and I was like, I have those two. Great. Went home, set the tank up. I said, I'll come and pick them up next week. I went back, and the the poor guy there had to try and explain to me that well, while you were away and, and getting your tanks up, one of them shed its skin, and the other one ate it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so just one then. <laughs> yeah, nature's a motherfucker, man. <laughs> Nature is a motherfucker. So yeah, I had that fucking lobster for a long time. It was awesome. Hannibal Lobster. He was. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah, dude. I, I know all about the shedding shells and the calcium and everything else. That was so. It was very interesting to hear you talking about hermit crabs. <laughs> That's one way to put it. That made my <laughs> Friday. I think it was no, it wasn't a Friday. It was Thursday. I listened to that. <laughs> I know when I got that text from you, it was just like hermit crabs. Really, <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this is some random stuff. Like, I, it's it's really weird because I mean, going back to what I do, I, I work on my own all the time, and it's it's probably a little bit detrimental, but I can't trust anyone to work with me. Because I, the, the standard that I work to, I, I have never seen anyone else. And it, it, it sounds really big-headed, and I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but I have never met anyone that will work to the same standards that I want to work to. So I work on my own the whole time, so I don't speak to anyone all day. So all I have is you lot talking to me through a speaker or a headphone. When you're doing your, your podcast, I have PCL and, and Supercast and you and then Nerd Porn and loads of other guys, you know, all these, these podcasts. So when something like that comes up, like the Hermit Crabs or um, I think it was Brian talking about the Han Solo movie on this week's PCL, literally I pick my phone up and I message that person. So if anyone's listening, really sorry I bother you with these messages <laughs> but i have no one to talk to <laughs> really no no i'm not really no but i'm, I, I'm that's why i'm reaching out because it, it's I, i'm almost responding to a conversation that i think i'm having sound, do i sound mental i no. do don't i no I it sound sounds really fucking great i love getting messages <laughs> from you dude it's awesome <laughs> So yeah, so that that's why. So so yeah, sorry if if, if I bother people. <laughs> well, because there, well, then there are times where I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to text Kirby something, and then I'm like, I kind of look at the clock. I'm like, well, I don't want him to get his phone no, dinging in no, his phone. Text me any, honestly, anyone out there, just fucking message me. I love talking to everyone in the army, um, but I don't like to bother people. So I'll, I'll only really message someone if there's a subject to talk about. Or something needs to be sorted out. So I, I don't just sort of randomly send people messages, which I really, I'd love to talk to more people in the army. It's so much fun. Um, and I, I don't do it enough. I should, should make make more effort. Oh, dude, I can totally relate to that because I, uh, on a level, I feel like I might be imposing. 
you know, yeah, exactly. if, and, and it's like, I wouldn't want them to feel like, Oh fuck, what the fuck is Stark messaging me for? But it's like, if I'm, if I'm like a little bit buzz drunk though, like if all of a sudden you see, I'm like commenting on a lot of things on the page, you can be like, okay, Joe's probably feeling a little tipsy. His social anxiety <laughs> is gone. <laughs> on your, on your <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> My wife just hung her head when I showed her that picture. Like, really? Oh dear. I know I oh, showed that dear. text exchange to my wife and she laughed so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I have no shame. I don't care. I really like him. <laughs> oh, God. What's wrong with you? I don't know, dude. Because I remember a while ago when Jordan and I were recording a comic cast and he was drinking like Mike's Harder Lemonade or something like that and I was drinking fat tires and so I was making fun of him. And then it's like, now it's like... He's on the other foot now. <laughs> Drinking your Alka Pops. Yeah, it is. It's like, I can mix this with ice. Like, I wouldn't dare to mix beer with ice. That almost sounds fucking sacrilegious. Cider with ice. Cider with ice would be good, but... Cider with ice is nice, but no, I'm a... Yeah, uh, no, it's too sweet for me. And, that, it, and that's why I have to mix this stuff with ice, because if I just drink it out of the can, I feel like I'm drinking syrup. It's it's too sweet. Yeah, I can imagine that. It's, no, it's... I don't mind spirits in a mixer. I like a good lager, and, it, and I know I mean a piss pee, pissed lager, or a stout Guinness, but no, not, not ever that kind of treacle. <laughs> oh, it's just horrible. I love a stout, but it's like that that's almost something where I, I would drink just because I'm gonna drink it for the taste. Like if I'm drinking strawberries, it's because I am looking forward to the alcohol buzz that is about to be gripping me. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to do it in the easiest way possible. I do. I'm drinking like I'm an eighteen year old, you know? <laughs> like I wanna buzz and I wanna get there pretty fucking quickly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not the attitude to have. Well, dude, I didn't really even start drinking until I was like thirty-five. So it's like if you that's if you enough. like if you put it in against that timeline, it's like oh okay, yeah, this is just where he's I at. You, you're about getting to your nineteen twenties now. <laughs> exactly. Jesus. <laughs> like if I would have discovered straw, if they'd have had strawberries when I was eighteen, nineteen, it'd have been bad. Oh, see, I was, I was never a massive drinker, and I'm still not a massive drinker. I enjoy a, a really refreshing beer when I get home from work if they're in the fridge. But if I haven't got them in the house, I don't need to go and get them. I'll just, I'll just have juice or, or cups of tea. Um, but so I mean, when I was, I started Guinness wise and stout. I dr- started drinking when I was sixteen. And I got sent out to Ireland when I finished school. So over here, we finish school at 16, then we go to college, uh, 16 to 18, and then we go to university, 18 onwards, if you want to. So at 16, I finished school. I went to Ireland to work um, with a friend of my mother's um, for for uh, six weeks. So I was living out there, and he he's a drinker anyway, so every night we'd be at the pub. Guinness, 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 um, and Guinness from Ireland is like un- un- something else. You'll, something you'll never drink. It's just oh, it, it's gorgeous. You can drink it and not know about it. It's like inhaling air. It's gorgeous. Um, and the first night, so so, my mum took me over there, um, stayed for two or three days, 
and then she came back and no, no, what am I saying? Yes, that's right. She came back and I stayed. Um, and then the first night she wasn't there, Julian said, right, come on, we're going to the pub. So <laughs> took me to the pub. And I think 13 pints later, <laughs> I threw my guts up <laughs> everywhere. And oh, I felt so haggard. And from then on, I've never drunk to excess. Even on my stag do, I wasn't that kind of like that badly drunk. I was a bit drunk, but I was happy drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's the good amount. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird one. So that started at nine in the morning <laughs> um, <laughs> um, when I met. Yeah, so I stayed at my best man's house. We got up, had cold pizza from the, from the night before, went to this train station, met Dan, Mr. West, and started drinking at that point. So I had a couple of Budweiser's from the state, from the train, on the train journey from where we were staying to where we were going. We went laser questing, temping bowling, and then we started drinking, and I was on Kraken and Coke. Do you know what Kraken is? Do you get Kraken out there? I don't think so. Kraken is it's like a dark spice rum, and it's oh magical stuff. So I was on that and Coke all day, and yeah. I, I doubles. I don't know how. I don't know how many I drank. I literally from <laughs> midday to seven o'clock. I was drinking those quite happily, and I was fine, perfectly fine. I was I was enjoying my buzz, and I was having a nice time. And then we got back to my hometown. Went to the local pub, which is where we were kind of finishing off the night. And, and the, the stipulation to my best man for my stag do was, I want to get drunk. I want to have fun with my friends. I want to come home, have a kebab, throw up in the high street and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> now, I didn't get to have the kebab that night. Um, but I did throw up in the high street because as soon as we got back, they had run out of Kraken and Coke and Hazelmint and I had to have a Budweiser and all that spirits and then tupped it off with beer. My guts just went, not having that. <laughs> threw up in the high street and then got walked home in, a, in, a, in quite a state. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the last time I was really, really smashed, I think. Oh, yeah, I, I think I've been sick from drinking maybe only three or four times. I'm usually pretty good at recognizing when I need to stop. But, yeah. But I remember once with, with Jose Cuervo when I was in my twenties and I just got way too cocky. <laughs> I got to the point where I wasn't even using the shot glass. I was just drinking it straight out of the bottle. Oh, fuck that. Oh, it was bad. That, that was the first time that I was really like, you know, praying to the porcelain God and just like hurling my guts out in my apartment. And I remember <laughs> my brother-in-law was in his teens and like he had been egging me on the whole night and he was just dying laughing in the doorway. Oh God. It, see, that's, that was one, always my problem is that I never got, uh, I would always get to that point of, um, so I'd just be drinking, drinking, drinking sick. I'd never get to that drunk euphoric stage. So I just I, I keep on trying to find it, and that's why I kept on getting sick. But I never got there. I just go drink, 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 sick, drink, 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 sick. And um, 
It was horrible. I, I did it so many times, and I just got used to it. And I I get in from a night because I used to go to the pub a lot when I when I was younger. Um, and the crowd I was hanging around with, we always used to, like, literally we'd be at the pub every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night was was pub night and pub until closing, drinking, drinking, go home, have a kebab on the way home, and, and crawl into bed. And as soon as I crawled into bed, and as soon as I felt that first tiny flicker of my head spinning, I'd be up to the toilet, fingers down my throat, make myself throw up and go to sleep. And that was my routine. It was horrible, but that's kind of what I did. And then I just went, I oh, fuck this, I don't want to drink anymore. I can't see the point of throwing this much money down the toilet every time. Yeah, I, I just, it does get pricey if you're going out. Uh, did you know, I don't know, how, how much is a beer out there at a bar? What, what, what were you talking? I, I can't even tell you because I have, like, my social anxiety is heightened when I'm in a bar. Like there is almost yeah. no place where I'm going to feel more uncomfortable than being in a bar. And so generally when I drink, like I'll, I'll just be drinking at home, which it, yeah, it sounds worse than it is. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's not. I, I, I know what you mean, but I mean, can, can you still smoke in bars out there? No, 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 you, you, there's, I don't think at least in Iowa, I think the only public places that you can smoke in are casinos which right, okay. follow the wow. money, right? I mean, that's that's probably why they were exempted from that, oh, yeah, that fucking it. rule. See, when they, they banned smoking in pubs over here about, oh, God, now, five years ago, maybe. And the, 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 the amount of people that went to pubs plummeted because pubs smell of piss. If they got covered up in tobacco, they smell of piss. Oh, gross. So no one would go in them. Because tobacco is a, is a strong scent, you know. Smoking is a strong scent, and it covers all the all the horrible smells that you get in a pub. So people stop going. <laughs> what I mean, the hell is going on in I pubs in the UK, dude? Why do they smell like piss? piss. <laughs> well, why, why wouldn't they smell like piss? <laughs> people are pissing in them. <laughs> <laughs> do they just fucking whip it out and piss wherever they want? <laughs> No, I don't know why they smell, but they just—I <laughs> presume it's, it's the—it's not actually piss, is it? It's the musky smell of of beer being spilt on the floor that then never gets cleaned out of the carpet, I and gotcha. it just goes stagnant. And it's the it, but it just smells um, sulfurous, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, that that is a horrible smell. I know what you mean there. So, so that's what what all the all pubs smell like now and it's really i mean it, it's now gone away because people have started cleaning carpets because they realized that the reason they were losing money was because no one was going in that piss smelling pub um, but yeah so i mean but i think a beer over here at the moment in the pub is ranging from around 450 to 550 a pint so that's about seven or eight dollars a pint yeah that that could be pretty close to what it is here so, but that's a fucking expensive night, even to go out for a couple. Oh, yeah. Still, you know, that's a trade paperback. Fuck you. Dude, I've had friends tell me that their bar tab at the end of a Friday or Saturday was in the triple digits. What the? What's the point? I know. It's fucking insane. I'm like, dude, why don't you just pay 20 bucks for a bottle, get your, you know, your, your two liter of Coca-Cola or whatever. And just stay at home and have fun. And then you don't even have to pay for like a fucking Uber or a taxi at the end of the night. Well, they can pay me double digits. I'll smack them around the head so they get a fucking headache in the morning. <laughs> and then, you know, throw shit on them so they smell bad from the vomit they're going to produce. 
I don't get it. And and the trouble is, right, all the friends I used to hang around with, and I, I, I'm not, I'm using air quotes on the friends because I'm not friends with any of them anymore, I don't think, um, which is a whole different kettle of fish. Um, that's all they do is drink. Like, that's, that was their whole purpose in life, just to drink all the time. And eventually I looked at it and thought, you guys are fucking whinging that you haven't got money to do this, this and this, but you've still got money to go and buy a bottle of wine and sit and drink it in a field or just to sit in a pub drinking all the time. Now nah, I'm fucking out. I'm done. So I, I sort of stopped going out. And, and then I, obviously I bought the house at the same time. So that kind of um, coincided with I haven't got the money to go out drinking. So, uh, yeah, that was the end of that chapter. <laughs> no, I, I know how that goes. And, you know, kind of going back to what you said about using air quotes on your friends like that, it does seem like some of the friends that you make, like, I know with me, like when I was in that kind of partying stage in my life, it was like once I got a full-time job and I knew that I was transitioning from, okay, I've, I'm done with college and now I need to be serious because I'm going to have to piss in a cup to get a, a job and step into the workplace. So I need to start, you know, stop curtailing certain party activities so I can actually be an adult, <laughs> you know? And it was like, once I'm not in that party zone, it was like all of a sudden then my phone wasn't ringing as much. And so then I had to really question myself and say, well, were all these people that I thought were good friends, it was like, were we really just all hanging out together? Because it was, you know, I mean, we were all kind of participating in a you know, an illegal activity, you know, like smoking pot and yeah, stuff like I mean, that. And, and so was that, was that our unifying factor? See, the, the thing was my, my phone wouldn't ring anyway, even when I was doing what they were all doing, um, unless they wanted something. And that was why they're no longer friends because I wouldn't hear from them until they wanted, Oh, can you come and fix my door? Or can you give me a lift here? Or can you come and fix this? Or can you come and do this? That's all I got. So I just, I've just cut myself off from all of them. Cause I'm, I'm not, you know, it, it, I will do anything for anybody. Um, without hesitation. I mean, today, I know it's just bizarre. It's been a really fucking weird day. Um, I had a phone call from a good friend of mine who's going through a bit of a rough patch at the moment. And he, I've known him for, for 20 years. He's a, he's a really good artist. He actually introduced me to comic books, funnily enough, to Spawn especially. Um, and he phoned me and he said, said Matt, um, I, I, I need you. I need you to come, come up now. And he lives just up the road from me, so maybe 100 metres away, just up, up, the, up the lane. He said, I've, I've cut myself and I, I need you to come up now. So, okay, fair enough. As it happens, there was a first aid kit sat on the kitchen counter, grabbed the first aid kit, bung my shoes off, ran up the road to, 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 to get to, to sort of get him. And he, and what he'd done is he, he was sitting in his, in his chair in his living room, um, car, uh, doing some craft work with a craft knife, like a, a standing knife. And he'd slipped. And the standing knife had gone through his leg on his upper thigh. Oh. And I mean through his leg. There was muscle. He cut the muscle through as well. Oh, God. Uh, okay, fine. Right. Don't worry. Sit down. Just, like, bandaged him up and like, right, come on, drive you up. So I just drove him up to hospital. And 
he's the only one because he 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 will do a lot. He will do anything for me, and I will do anything for him. But most of the others, you wouldn't get that. And I've just sort of washed my hands with them all. So anyway, he's had eight stitches and he's fine now. But yeah, it was. <laughs> It was, so that was an interesting day. <laughs> That's a bad cut, man. Eight stitches is oh, a big deal. It was fucking gnarly. I mean, it's a good job I got a strong stomach. Otherwise, I probably would have just gone. <laughs> but, yeah, it was. Um, it was yes, yeah, surreal. Yeah. So we, we, every, anyone that anyone that asks, it was twenty stitches, and he nearly lost his leg. Because <laughs> it sounds cooler, <laughs> right? <laughs> It was hanging on by a tendon. They had to sew it back on. <laughs> I know the 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 worst I ever had to get stitches. I had I had to get seven of them in my arm, right close to my wrist one time. Ooh. And well, oddly enough, this relates to fucking hermit crab strikes. This was back when I had my custom <laughs> tanks, and I was being cheap. I was taking this tank down, and I wanted to save the under tank heater. Like you, so did you have that right. with your lizard, where it was like a little it would have like an adhesive and it would like stick to the bottom of the tank. And so it would heat it from the bottom. No, no, no. I had a, I had like a, a tropical, um, cylinder heater. Okay. Well, so with the hermit crabs, I had under tank heaters and I was being cheap. It was like, this was like a $15 heater, but it was fairly new. And I was like, I bet I can peel this off of here and I can reuse this on my next tank. And so I've got my left hand down on the glass and my right hand is peeling the 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 heater off the glass right and i get about yeah. half of it off and the glass breaks and so i'm pulling oh, really hard no. and all of a sudden oh, at full force ow, i pull ow, ow, ow. a sharp edge of glass right against my wrist and it immediately ow. bites in deep and i'm like oh i've fucked up and so i just stop what i'm doing i run to the bathroom i grab a hand towel and i wrap it around as tight as i can and I go out into the living room of our little one-bedroom apartment. My wife's hanging out with one of her friends from high school. And I'm like, I've really fucked up. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to drive me to the emergency room. <laughs> and since it was an emergency room visit, and even though I had health insurance, it went fully against my deductible. So my health insurance didn't cover any of it. And so I paid $750 for seven stitches in my arm. Ow. Yeah. $750. Yeah. Yeah. It was fucking crazy. Jesus, I've, just, I've just seen a picture of my latest haphazard accident that I did last week. <laughs> and I managed to put a, a, a power screwdriver with a posi 2 bit through my fingernail. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm actually scared to look at this picture. Oh. <laughs> That's fucking that gnarly, dude. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's actually gone in. Oh, no. That's not good. <laughs> well, what's wild is when I when I got those stitches, I remember afterwards, because I was in and out of there. They, I've heard horror stories from people going to American emergency rooms where they sit there for hours waiting to get seen, you know, because it's an emergency room, so they triage everybody. And so yeah. in, unless you're the worst motherfucker in the room, you know, you're going to be sitting and waiting. And luckily, when I went in, I must have been the worst person in the room because they got me in pretty quick. Nice. But So like 45 minutes later, I'm sitting in front of the, the lady with the computer who's working up my bill. And when she tells me, okay, yes, you have full coverage insurance, but it's just going to go on your deductible, which, hey, good news, because now you've only got another $2,300 to get up to where everything's free. And I'm like, yeah, okay, thank you. This is, I can see that silver lining, whatever. 
Yeah, take me outside and break my legs, will you? Thank you. Yeah, no shit. And so then I told the lady, I was like, if I'd have known this was going to be almost $1,000 for these stitches that took that lady 30 minutes to do, I was like, I'd have heated up a butter knife and I'd have cauterized this at home. <laughs> and I'd have saved everybody a lot of trouble. And she's like, oh, sir. And I'm like, I'm dead serious. I'm like, this is crazy that this costs this much. I mean, I, I appreciate you. that there was a professional here that could sew me up, but holy shit, oh, that much money? Me. I'm not worth that much money. I always used to carry a small sachet of ground pepper with me to um, to coagulate wounds and cuts. Ground pepper will do that. Have you never done that? If you put if you no. like, if you've got a cut on your hand, you put ground pepper on it, it will coagulate the, the the blood really quickly. You're like fucking Mister Wizard. <laughs> was, well, that was until this. Um, the the two part glue was readily available. You know the two part glue. You, you you must deal with it at your work, which I know you're not talking about, but I know where he works. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've I never heard. Of, I've heard of people using like super glue to feel to heal up a like a, a cut or something, or you know, yeah, seal yeah. a cut. But, but it, it, what it is, is it's a two part super glue. So you, you put the CA glue on first, and then you've got an activator, which is like an aerosol. So you put the CA glue on one part and then you aerosol the other part and put the two together and it instantaneously goes off. Um, so and that was actually invented during Vietnam for for for, for like quick seal ups of wounds. Oh, um, right it's on! Really good for, it's really good for for cuts on your hand as well. You just put a little bit of glue and then hold the, hold it together and spray it and it just seals it up completely. So that's cool. So so yeah, that's now the uh, the go to method of uh of workplace suturing yeah that would be fucking handy dude i i remember i had a, a workplace incident like that years and years ago i used to do window tinting on cars yeah and so like one of the first steps when you when you do a car is you know you, you'd use the outside of the windows of the car to like get your patterns all ready to trim the tint out because it would basically come okay. in like a hundred foot long roll that was like wow. 48 inches wide and so then you'd take it off of that roll and then put it on the outside of the window, like with the release liner facing out. And then you'd be able to trim it out to the shape of the window and then finish it off on like a glass cutting board. Yeah. And so you'd get all your pieces ready to go and they'd just be hanging on the cutting board. And then you'd go and then clean the insides of the windows of the car. And the first step you'd do is you would spray the window down and then you'd use a razor blade and like a razor holder and you would run it over the glass to take any particulate that's hard stuck to the glass off. And then you'd spray yeah. it again and then run a squeegee over it. And then you'd put the window down just a hair because then you'd have to, you know, if it's a frame window, you'd have to then run the razor blade over that leading edge of one of your windows down, you know, the top edge of the glass. Yeah. And so I got into this habit where I would close the razor blade holder and I would stick it in my teeth. And then I would put the window down, spray it, and then grab it out of my teeth, open the blade, run it over, close the blade, and then spray it again and squeegee it, and then I'd be good to go. I got in a hurry on this Subaru, and I did not close the fucking blade, and I reached up to grab it. I put my index finger on my right hand right into a fresh blade, and it damn near filleted my fingerprint right off my, 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 my fingertip. It was gnarly, right? But I, I, and I knew right there I was at a decision point. I was like, I can bitch out and I can go get this fixed or I can wrap this finger up with duct tape and I can finish the car and then have a totally badass story. <laughs> oh, God. So, so talking so, about, go on. 
Oh no! So that was what I did. Nice. That's the way. That's the way to do it. Fuck it. That's what I do. Oh yeah, nice. yeah. You know, hey, that job's got to get done. You know, that customer's showing up at four o'clock no matter what. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, uh, as soon as the blood stops flowing, I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. But um, so speaking of emergency rooms and, and and being the worst one there, so maybe five years ago now, I shot a forty millimeter angular ring shank nail through my thumb. Oh no! With a with a, a air compressor nail gun, and it went in through the. If you can imagine the end of your thumb. So the tip of your thumb, and then came out under the nail. Oh! Um, uh, if I've got a picture, I'll send it to you. I, I have got pictures somewhere. I think they're on Facebook, actually. Um, and I was like, okay, well, this this is this is awkward. Um, uh, okay, I, I and I went to see the, the the boss at the time. I said, I think I need to go to A and E because because you know what an angular ring shank is, don't you? Do you know Do you know what an angular ring shank is? Oh, sorry. My mic got kind of fucked up there. <laughs> I was like, hello? <laughs> hello? I know. I'll make a note and fix it. <laughs> I like talking. Like, what is going on? I'm like, I bumped a fucking cord. Oh, no. So, so, I'm anyway, sorry. Do you know what an angular ring shank nail is? Um, okay, so that is the kind where it, it almost looks like it has... Is that the kind where it looks like it has like two heads on the nail? No, it, it's when, when there's lots of ridges on the nail. Okay, yeah, so it holds in so, better, so, right? Exactly, so that they won't come out easily. They, they they grab in there. So it's one of those. So it, it wasn't like I could just pull it back out of the hole that it went in through because it was it, it would have just torn my thumb to pieces. So I was like, right, Mr. Mr. Gaffer, sir, Mr. Boss, can I can I go to A&E? Yeah, no worries, he'll take you. So he took me to, to the local A&E, and they literally looked at me like I'd walked in with four heads and like well what what can we do with it we're just a local a and e you need to go to the main hospital okay fine i'll go so I, I, there was me walking around town with this fucking nail stucking out of my thumb went into the to where my wife works is like or she was my wasn't my wife at the time but um so can you can you can you run me to the to the to the hospital we need to get this out yeah okay fair enough and they were everyone was like fucking nearly thrown up and i was like yeah well, What's, it doesn't hurt. I'm fine because it's it's such a clean clean puncture. Uh, we got to A and E. I sat there again for three hours, and, and we have luckily we have the NHS over here, so it didn't cost me any money. Thank fuck. Um, it's a wonderful thing. And uh, so I sat there for I think two hours with this nail in my thumb before we were seen. Oh, it, but it didn't hurt. It wasn't a problem. I was just sitting there playing with it. It was, it was funny. That's so fucking bother. crazy, right? But I was like, oh, maybe I should put a piercing in here because the hole's there. And I could put a little bar in. Um, so, so eventually, they took me into the treatment room, um, numbed my finger, um, put injected a load of water into it to swell it up, and then. Just pulled it out really easily with no no pain, no mass, no blood, nothing. Done. There you go. Wrap it up. Bit of a uh, bit of antiseptic spray. All done. Um, but you need to go and get X-rayed to make sure there's nothing because obviously as the nail comes off, there's little barbs of wire that hold the real ream of nails together. Mm-hmm. Just to make so you've got to go and X-ray them just to make sure none of those have come off in your thumb. Okay, no worries. So we went to X-ray 
And as I was getting x-rayed, there was a guy came in. Now, this is the worst guy in the room scenario. And he dropped a running chainsaw on the top of his hand. Oh. Yeah. And literally had cut through nearly everything. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I just turned to my to cat and just went... I could be grateful for something, aren't I? Now, <laughs> yeah, perspective just walked into the room. <laughs> yeah, basically, I was like, "Oh, my poor thumb!" Wah. And this guy's like, "I was like, fuck, like, I'm never working with a chainsaw in my life." Uh, do I do lots of chainsaw work when I'm building trails out at like yeah. the, the the climbing places that I go to, and it's one of those things to where as I'm starting to get tired and it's just starting to become commonplace that you know I'm just grabbing this saw and I'm just cutting lots of shit. I always remind myself, like, no, don't you don't get fucking complacent with a with a running saw. You don't get it's, complacent with any power tools, and I I've learned that. Well, I've I've not ever learned it the hard way, but I've been so fucking close. You probably so use a lot of table times. saw, right? Uh, I've got a table saw I use regularly. Um, I use uh, what's called a rail saw, um, which which is a, like a, a circular saw that runs on a on a parallel rail, so that you can get perfectly accurate cuts. But yeah. the one that scares me the most is a router. Routers you know, are routers done. are fucking freaky, dude. Because that'll take a goddamn chunk out of you and keep going. Won't it ever? Um, my dad's lost um, two halves of a finger to a router or a spindle molder. I've had cousins that have lost fingers to them because they're just fucking great lumps of, of metal spinning. Yep. But. I remember the one time I did it, and I was I was really tired. I was on, working on a deadline to get a job ready to go out to Saint Tropez in France, and I was I was routing away this job, and for whatever reason it was, and normally when I finish routing, I will turn the router off, and if it's got a rundown on it, I'll normally let let it run down. But if I'm not letting it run down, I'll always put it with the blade spinning away from me, so to the top to me, and then. The, 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 the dangerous bit pointing the opposite direction so there's really no chance of me hurting myself there's one time tired stupid in a rush I put it down with the blade facing towards me the fucking thing caught on my jacket <gasps> went through my jumper went through my t-shirt and must have missed me by about a millimeter in the stomach but it would have just ripped me to shreds oh, and I was like I was like I'm going home and I'll come back tomorrow when I'm feeling rested because otherwise I'm gonna this is I'm gonna do myself a damage, and that's yeah. what I've always done. And that's my I won't ever work if 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 something isn't right or I'm tired or it's fucking raining and I'm up a ladder. I'll just say no. I'm not gonna do it today. It's not worth my life. It's not worth me losing time because I've been stupid and hurried. I'm I'm going home. I'm done. So. I've always taken that stance now that I'm just not risking it. Yeah, that's the way to do it, man. I mean, you only get one body. And of course you do. And I need mine. I need my hands. I need my eyes. It's how I make my living. I can't, I couldn't survive without them. God, so. Yeah. Dude, table saws especially are the ones that really scare the shit out of me because I've had those kickbacks happen where that fucking that blade will just bite a knot in the wood or something like that. And it'll chuck it back at you or just, it'll do something unexpected where all of a sudden, you know, you're controlling the piece of wood going over this saw, but then if it grabs it and chucks it back at you, it's like something weird might happen to where you might just instinctively 
push harder to keep control of the situation. And before you know it, you're throwing your thumb across a running blade. Yeah, it, it's so dark. And I, I'm, uh, that's the only thing I am stupid with because I haven't got a writhing knife on my saw. So the knife behind the blade that, that stops the kickbacks, uh-huh. I took it off because of the way I use the saw, I don't want it on there because it, it, it doesn't work. It's complicated to explain, but I, I took it off. But I'm very careful. I'll always use push sticks, and I'll always be very I, – I don't ever cut any real um, hardwood. I, I just cut a lot of MDF, so it's a lot of soft – there's no grain, there's no knots. It, it's really quite easy, so I'm, I'm relatively good. But, dude, if I was living out there, I'd just buy a saw stock. Is that one of those ones where it's like if it senses something on the blade, it drops it yep. down into an aluminum block? Yep. Like the yep. infomercial, they put amazing. like a hot dog yep. on top of a piece of plywood? Yeah, they are fucking amazing. I would <laughs> buy one of those in a heartbeat, and I don't care how much it costs me. Yeah, if I had to use a table saw every day, I'm totally with you. That's what I'd do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God. See, with building my climbing wall out in the garage, like it would have been great to have a table saw to do those long cuts. I mean, because we're talking... Like over here, you know, a sheet of plywood's, you know, four foot by eight foot. And so I'd have to get these sheets and cut them at different angles. And so instead eight of investing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh. I, can't, I can't give you. A, if it were big, like, so all my climbing gear that I buy, like my rope is measured in meters. And so it's like I have a 60 meter rope. And so right there, I know that, okay, 30 meters is about 100 feet. So I can kind of do conversions in big <laughs> units. I know. It's not that you're talking in feet. It's you're talking backwards. Oh, because you guys do it eight foot so by you, four you, foot? You, you, we do eight before, you do four by eight. And you do, we do four by two, you do two by four. It's That's fucking kind of weird. And I don't understand why. And it's the same with the month and the day thing, isn't it? Yes, so I noticed that on the month backwards. and the day thing. <laughs> You're just backwards, you are. Yeah, I mean, if if you're ever doing your 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 wall again, look into one of these rail saws um, because a lot of companies are doing the cheaper versions now. I mean, the, the one I use is a Fez tool, which is kind of the the top notch, top of the range doodad. Um, but you can get cheaper ones, but that gives you the same accuracy and controllability of a table saw, but it's completely mobile. See, I uh, at first when you were talking about a rail saw, I thought you were talking about something similar to a radial arm saw, which is almost more like a miter no, 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 saw. No, no, no. But yeah, so now I'm gonna have to look into it. I'm gonna have to look up what you're talking about. I but, will send you a picture. Awesome. And you can see. Um, I've actually gotten really accurate at using a skill saw, though, or just like you know a handheld circular saw. I can do a really goddamn yeah. good well, straight that, cut that, with that's those. That's basically what this is, but it comes with a rail. So you let, and the rail comes in. Uh, 1.4 meter length and you can join them so you can literally join it up to do a full 2.4 sheet which is 8, eight foot it's 2.4 meters by the way okay if you if you were interested two 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 meters 440 okay perfect so like um, these rails well, just well, clamp down to like the plywood or whatever and then the saw just runs exactly. right along they've, that they've got they've got non-friction um strips on the underside so you just place it on there and it doesn't move and then you 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 just put the saw on it and run the saw across the run the saw on the rail oh that's um, dope so yeah, they're they're fucking amazing. I mean, literally, that's how I make my money now because this thing um, gives such an accurate cut that I can go to someone's house and make cabinetry using sheets of MDF and a and a to cut the saws, um, a table saw. Uh, sorry, this this saw on sawhorses rather than having to make cabinetry at the workshop where I can square. Yeah, you know, it it makes yeah. life so much fucking easier. Um, I- 
my uncle was a cabinet builder for years, and so occasionally I'd go and hang out with him in his shop and just do little side projects and stuff. So I, I kind of have a little mm-hmm. bit familiar with what you're talking about. And that would be so much handier, actually being able to build that stuff in the field. It is really handy. As long as, as, long as everyone's got the space or, um, you know, it's dry, that's the problem is when it's not dry. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> might be a problem in a England, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I've got a fucking great gazebo, but... Um, of course, the problem with that is you need two people to put the fucking thing up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a son of a bitch. So actually, you need four people to put that thing up. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... What am I doing? Oh, God, I don't know how this... Oh, sorry, this is shit podcasting now, isn't it? No, right. not at all. <laughs> this, is, this is fucking. Right, seven, <laughs> this is typical Starkcast right here. This is, oh, yeah. in my mind, this is fine. <laughs> uh, and you know what? Me. If somebody doesn't like it, they can fuck right off. <laughs> they can. You know what? You know what? I haven't done yet. I haven't said cunt. Ah. I was like, I was going to say at the beginning. I was, was going to say was like, all day. I was thinking right at the beginning. I've got to say, look, disclaimer: you're probably going to hear cunt. In this episode, more than you've heard cunt in any other podcast ever. Oh. And I forgot to do it. So there we go. Okay, so so if we want to get into way. like minor differences between England and the United States, it makes me so sad that we can't casually ca- toss around the word cunt like you guys can. <laughs> I'm not allowed to t- casually toss it around anymore. I've, I've been told <laughs> I get told off by my wife because she says you can't call people that anymore because cunts are useful. And you, you're you're you you're calling people that are, are absolute idiots cunts. I was like, well, yeah, it's just a habit, though. Well, I'm so used to put, calling people a cunt. Well, and for me, it never really entered my v- vernacular until I started watching Jim Jeffries' stand-up comedy. Oh, he's good. Oh yes, and I was like, he's I really so like the way he's using this word. Oh. <laughs> And so usually if I'm going to say it, I have to like put like a fake Australian accent on it so I can be less offensive. <laughs> it's just such a, it, it's such a powerful word. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just, you know, and I, I, I'm just used to it from working on building sites and, and that sort of thing. And I just, I use it far too flippantly. I mean, <laughs> we've got a goddamn fridge magnet in there that says, you know, Jesus, Jesus loves you. Everyone else thinks you're a cunt. <laughs> off fridge. The girls go, what's a cunt? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I think my daughter was seven when she said that. <laughs> I, I got into a bad habit where that was like my expletive of choice. Like if I was working and I dropped a 50-pound box on a fingertip, be like, oh, fucking cunning motherfucker. And I'd be like, oh, dude, you cannot yell this in the workplace. <laughs> like, you are going to oh, get can. so fucking you fired. <laughs> oh, you know what, what I really love? And I, it's, it's really bizarre. But I tend to work in a lot of big houses over here and a lot of sort of, not rich people, but, you know, well off. They're doing all right for themselves. So you sort of go around and you look at these houses and, and I, I never dress smart to go and look at a job because most of the time I'm on my way home from another job. So it's just not worth it. But uh, you'll, you'll, I'll always, I won't swear. I'll never swear in front of a customer. I always put my airs and graces on and I know how to deal with people. Um, 
and it's uh, as you're walking around looking at the stuff in their house and and you just get them suddenly start going this is shit i hate this fucking thing and they're, they're <laughs> swearing at you and you just think this is going to be okay and gradually and i've got one customer down the road is really nice lady and she's scottish um and as as the day goes on and I'm, if i'm working in the house as the day goes on the the air just gets bluer and bluer and blew it, and then the, the Glaswegian in her comes out, and she really starts swearing, and then she starts <laughs> cunt, fucking cunt, goddamn fucking shitting cunting cunt. <laughs> it's great. It is I great. It. I have that influence on people. <laughs> it is funny when you hear a customer talk like that, you know, from the business side of things, because it's like yeah. you're going in, you're like, okay, I need to be professional. This person is giving exactly. me their money. They're going to expect me to be a professional. And then when you, especially when it comes out of somebody you're not expecting it from. For me, when I was out in the field mm. and I was working with, you know, blue collar guys like on assembly lines and stuff like that, they almost expected yeah. me to talk to them like that. Especially it was like, I really noticed that with steel workers. Like when you get into dudes who like actually fabricate steel. It's like if you don't bust their balls and cuss right back at them, they're really not going to respect you. They're, it's almost like prison no. rules with these dudes, you know? So I, I have a hard time hearing about the steelworkers of America without thinking of the Simpsons episode where Homer tries to take to make sure Bart, Bart's straight and takes him to a steel mill and it turns into a gay club. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that one. <laughs> Haven't you? It's really fucking funny. It's like, hot stuff coming through. <laughs> It's weird. It's really weird. Uh, I remember years ago, I had to go bid this. So I did this job from like the ground up. Like I took the call, I went and bid it, like measured all this dude's windows in his house, and like ordered the film, cut the film, went and installed the film, and everything. And that was actually like the this was the job that led to me quitting window tinning, is because at the end of the day, I gave this guy a he gave me a five thousand dollar check at the end of the day from tinning his house. And I got yeah. paid like 120 bucks or something out of that. Fuck that. And noise. I was like, what in the... F- like, I'm getting fucked doing this. And the lady I work for is mean to me. It's like, I'm, I'm finding a new job. And that was like... And so that yeah, was the end of that. But this dude was so memorable because he was a pathologist at one of the local hospitals. And he had this big mansion that was right on the edge of Cedar Rapids. And he lived there all by himself. And so every room in this mansion was like fucking empty. Like, except for his room that had his computer set up in it, and he had this dope computer set up. And this was in the early 2000s, and it was all Macintosh, and it was one of the first, like, dual monitor setups I'd ever seen. And so I walk in, and it's almost like walking into, like, hackers or something like that, you know? (laughs) And I'm just like, oh, my God, like, you're a total tech geek. And so I showed him the old iPod shuffle I had, and he thought it was fucking amazing. And so me and this guy kind of bonded on this first day that I was bidding the job. And so then every time I'd show up, he would get a little bit more blue with me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and he was like be. this prim guy who had like this, he, he had like this weird accent when he would talk where he, he would almost sound like, like the ritzy, like American accent that you'd hear, like is like a cliche and like television. Yeah. And so he had these weird, you know, like in old movies when like ladies would go and change their clothes and they'd go behind that weird little baffled panel that would sit in the bedroom and they'd change their clothes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he had two of these set up at the head of his stairs that went down to his basement. And this was in an effort to keep cats out from downstairs. Like that's going to fucking work. Right. <laughs> and so we go down to the basement to, 
to uh, measure all the windows down there, and there's just piles of shit everywhere on the floor because it was just this guy and like fucking four cats or something like that. And he looks around, and I can tell he's super embarrassed that you know he's got a guest in his house and there's shit on the floor everywhere, and he's like, "God damn cats!" <laughs> just went off it's all saying there were assholes and shit like that and i'm just like it's it's okay man i mean you were using fucking old school dressing panels or something like that to try and keep cats out of this basement like that's gonna fucking work yeah that's not right but i just did not expect hearing those words to come out of this guy's mouth with that goofy fucking mannerism he had of speaking and it was beautiful (laughs) 120 bucks for a five grand job fuck yeah oh i was pissed i was fucking pissed man and and that lady i worked for was so mean just fucking mean you know yeah i've been there done that i mean i i'm so happy now i'm self-employed i mean i hate having to pay tax and and shit like that i mean i'm just doing my tax return now but i'm my own boss if i don't want to go into work one day i won't go into work if i want to work extra or you know it's all down to me it's my integrity and it's my choice there's a job i was doing before i went self-employed i was working all sorts of stupid hours and what, what we would what they were there was a step they were a stables company so we used to make stables so you would you would be in the workshop and you'd make all the panels the roof the doors, everything, so it was all loaded on the lorry, and then you'd go out all over the country, leave at fucking God knows what time in the morning, go and put the stables up, and be back in the same day, and you'd, cut, you'd bring home a cheque for three or four thousand pounds. And you're like, and then, and, and we're just getting, and you weren't getting any extra, you weren't getting like, oh, you know, well done, you finished, fuck off home early. And I, I was getting so stressed with it, um, and not making any decent money. And I was also doing private work at the time to try and make extra money. Cause of course we've got the new boy and we're trying to like keep everyone fed and happy. And I was getting more and more stressed that, that one, I think it was a, a Monday morning. I, I drove, this is literally what happened. I drove into work. Um, I sat there at half seven from, from seven to a half seven. And, before I knew it, I was driving around to my boss's house, knocked on his door, threw the keys in his hand and said, I can't do this anymore. And I was gone. That was it. Just quit. Nice. And I had two weeks working ahead of me that I knew I could do. Um, and I've never stopped working since and I've not even advertised. And that was three years ago. Oh, that's pretty cool. You don't even have to advertise and you're getting that I've, much I've work. never advertised. I've just, I've, it's just word of mouth. You know, the little bits I do on Facebook that I promote the business, but it's mainly just people, you know, saying, oh, use this guy or use that guy. So, yeah, three years, three years now, I haven't, I haven't advertised. Well, like you were saying earlier that, you know, you find a hard time people that'll work up to your standard. I mean, that goes to show it right there. Exactly. If yeah. word of mouth is, you know, hey, you need to hire the Wood Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call me the Wood Jedi. That's <laughs> and I that's mean. a damn that's shame. You lot. I know. <laughs> you lot. I think I'd just get laughed at over here if I actually went by that. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. <laughs> it's great. I love it. But yeah, it's, um, I've got I'm, to get onto more videos. Well, I remember before I even knew you very well, I just saw you post something in the Leftover Army that, you know, you're the Wood Jedi. And, and I'm like, Oh, I'm following that. <laughs> I'm checking this out. <laughs> yeah, I need. I need to get. My, I, the trouble is, is, is 
I mean, that that video that I did for the lightsaber that I gave to Joe Vitali, um, I loved doing that. It was great fun. I, I bought myself a fucking GoPro camera and all the software. And I was like, I'm going to make a go of this because I enjoy it. And I always like video editing and, and doing that sort of stuff as well. And um, the trouble is, is my workshop is at my mother's house. And it's half a single garage. So it's probably three meters square bit of room that I've got. Oh, man. <laughs> and in there, I've got my table saw, I've got my chop saw, I've got my lathe, and I've got my pillar drill. And I've got also got all my material that I use for work. So I've got no fucking room. So to actually go in there and do a project is so demoralizing because you have to clear so much stuff out of the way to start. Oh, yeah. Which is why I haven't done anything for a while, and I really should... Um, I really should get on and do some more because I've got so many ideas that I want to get stuff made for people this year. But I, just, uh, I mean, my dear, it's only fucking January. What am I talking about? <laughs> um, no, I'm not being that lazy yet, but it's um, starting to get the starting to try and get the uh, get over the Christmas blues and well, not the blues, but the the lethar- l- What's the word? Lethargy. The, the, yeah, the lethargy or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> trying trying to get over that. Of like, oh, I just want to stay at home for a little while longer and not work. But yeah, I've uh, got to get more videos done. Do I can relate to that like small shop feeling because I've got a full size garage which over here is like twenty feet by twenty two feet, so it's like you can comfortably park two cars in there. But the back twelve feet of it is like it's all a cave you know that i've turned into a climbing gym and so i've got all these mattresses on the floor and so really i've got about eight feet by 22 feet of usable space which also then has storage and shit in it and so before i do a project it's almost like i just move one of the cars out of my driveway in front of the garage and then i set my table saws out there and run the cords out and so it's like okay it needs Mm -hmm. to be nice out I don't have a cement driveway, and so hopefully it's not going to be too rainy or I'm going to be tracking Ugh. fucking mud back and forth. Yeah, and that's it, the problem I had. Yeah, I and it's like I, you know. I, I get motivated to do all these different projects, but then it's like before I can do a project, I need to fucking organize my workspace because I have a really hard time working in an unorganized space. Like I feel mm. like a clean workspace is an efficient workspace. Oh, God, yeah. If only, if only I could. I mean, the other problem, of course, is, is my mother's there. Um, bless her, she's my mother, but she's a bloody pain in the ass. <laughs> she's the sort of per- now, unfortunately, unfortunately, when I when I was sixteen, my mother had an accident on a motorbike, and she's a paraplegic, so she's you know she is a bit dependent and and you know whatever you what have you yeah. But she's she, I will be working with a router or or something, and I'll have ear my ear defenders on and a mask and goggles and like the whole shebang. And she'll still come out and she'll be trying to talk to me while I'm doing this. And I'm not doing this to try. I'm doing this to try and make myself money to make to feed her grandchildren to keep everything going. And she's trying to talk to me. And I'm like, just for fuck's sake, just I'll talk to you in a bit. And she gets in a half and fucks off. <laughs> oh, so she's there all the time so it makes it really difficult like it, again it's it's not like you know fucking hell i'd kill for eric marable's workshop that's in like just in his garage that's outside you know i'd love to be able to just go i'm just going out to the workshop for a couple of hours darling i'll be back in a bit but i can't because it's 
in a completely another location. So it's like, oh, yeah. He's just trying to get motivated to do it, and I know I've got to because I've got so so much I've got to get done. But oh, I'll, I'll get there eventually. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that that would be tough. And and I love those those videos and stuff that Eric has put up. Like his fucking shop looks so cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I've texted him and I've been like, dude, I wish that I lived closer because I would just come out and just hang out and just watch you build shit and just like talk and annoy you. <laughs> In my mind, I'd be annoying you, but <laughs> maybe it would be a welcome guest. Who knows? <laughs> See, that's the idea. I think is if we can just if we can sell this house, buy somewhere a little bit more rural that I can build a fucking great workshop barn in, and I will just be happy super happy and just make stuff all the time uh, i've i've had this thought of okay what if i can just pour another 20 by 22 pad right behind the garage i have and then just build something else onto that and then i'll have a garage that's just twice as long and then i can have the climbing gym in the back part i can have my workshop right in the middle and then i can still have a place to park my cars I mean, what's what's building regulations like over there? Sorry, I'm yawning. It's oh, oh, it's all, yeah. yeah, it's all good, dude. Um, I would totally be able to do it. It's more just a matter of finances. Um, maybe someday I'll be able to do that. But it's like right now, the town that we live in, it's so close to the river. And in 2008, we got horrifically flooded. And then in 2016, we had a close call where the the river came up high enough to where there's a creek then also that runs right through town that then connects with the river. And so right. when it gets high enough, that creek will just stop flowing, and then eventually it'll stop start flowing backwards, which then it gets really scary, right? And that came up close enough to where it was probably within 50 feet of my garage. Oof. And at that, at that point, we were paranoid enough that we moved everything out of our house, and I took everything in the garage, and I put it up on sawhorses, so everything was three feet off the ground. I rigged up ropes to the roof in my climbing wall and actually used a pulley system to lift all the mattresses up and everything. Nice. I, I pulled my fucking furnace out of the basement. I paid a dude 500 bucks to unhook my furnace and take it out. And then at the end of the day, everything worked out. We didn't get flooded, but if I had a, if I had gotten flooded, it, it wouldn't have been $15,000 in replacing shit. Like what happened in 2008. Oh. You know, and that was just for Ow. utilities and just rebuilding the fucking house and everything. Because when the house got flooded, I had to strip it down. I mean, my house looked like a weird pavilion for like a couple days because I stripped the lower four feet all the way down to the studs and yeah. the subflooring. Mm, it's like, I don't ever want to go through that again. And so it's like, I love where I'm at because my I'm super close to this big city. It's, the you know, I'm in a town. I'd prefer to be out out in the countryside but I do like having, you know, readily available internet. I like having the fact that there's this yeah. mini mart that's just a mile away that I can go up to and, you know, get fuel or, you know, milk or something like that. Mm. But I do not like the idea that that I could get flooded no, you know, in any spring or anything like that. I mean, it's a definite possibility. It happened in the spring in 2008 and then in the fall of 2016. And so Jesus. it's... And, you know, I mean, it gets tr controversial with some folks when you talk about global warming, but that's the sort of shit that happens it is weather patterns. It's not just about the planet warming. It's that weather patterns get fucking weird. They don't call it global warming then, do you? 
Yeah, yeah, it's got the, it's got a misnomer on it. I'm not warm. <laughs> well, that was like fucking dildo Trump's fucking thing, being like, "These are record cold temperatures in New York. Why is this called global warming?" It's like you fucking idiot. But I, I've been trying to look at that shit differently after that last pom- com podcast I did with James when he was kind of putting it out there as you know he's a, he, he's a fucking him and his Twitter accounts a distraction. And so I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm just trying to look at it that way. Uh, he's just, he's just entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but it's, uh, <laughs> that's the only way I can look at it is just, <laughs> it's the weirdest sitcom in the world. It It is right. And I don't mean to veer us into politics. I don't want to force you into no, talking about American politics. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know enough about it to talk about it. I just know that it's fucking bizarre. Yeah. And, uh, oh, bizarre is a good way to put it. Yeah. You know, I still like what Jake said. Jake was the funniest one, I think, was that he said he's just waiting. He's just going to, they're going to make sure they got their uh, their passports ready and they'll just wait around in America long enough to see where the bombs go so that he can then put on photo, like have a go at the people that voted Trump on Facebook. <laughs> just wanted, just wanted to live that long. <laughs> just go, I told you. <laughs> I told you, you fucks. Yeah. <laughs> you see what you've done. <laughs> yeah. oh, just, he, oh. Oh, it's so scary. <laughs> sort it out, Jack. You, yeah, run, run for, run for president. Oh yeah, that. I don't know if I'd be good at that. I'm too honest. But I mean, who knows? After. I, after this guy's fucking in there, apparently you can say whatever the fuck you want, and it's it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln was honest, wasn't he? Apparently. Yeah, I know he's got that a quote attributed to him online. That's um, possibly not about his sexuality, but it's know. pretty. Have you seen that meme where it has Abraham Lincoln and it says anything's a dildo if you're brave enough? <laughs> I'm sure he didn't say that, but I'd like to think he did. <laughs> oh, no. oh, it wasn't that in the Gettysburg Address. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm beautiful. Sure that's how that started. <laughs> oh, God. Graceful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you want to take a quick break? Yeah, can do if you want. I'm, okay. I'm alright, I've got, I've got a fresh beer, but yeah. Okay, sweet. We will be back in just a moment. Alright, and we are back. Ah, thank you for that. It's alright. Uh, so let's see. Okay. So we, we skirted dangerously close to politics there and we can run away as fast as we can. <laughs> you won't see me for dust. <laughs> um, so what comics are you reading these days, dude? Like which ones are you most stoked on? Oh God. Um, what am I reading at the moment? Um, baby teeth. Which I love. Yes, that one's been good. It's getting better and better. Um, Eternal Empire, um, which is awesome. 
new story arc of that started, which is good. Yeah, I just picked um, that one up today, so I haven't I haven't started yeah, it yet. But man, the, the the cover looked really good. Yeah, it's, it's it's a really good really good issue that one. It kind of blows the whole world wide wide open a bit. Um, what else am I reading on my pull list? What else is there? Um, nearly finished that um, Garth Ennis run of Dastardly and Mutley, which has been really funny. Um, and Jimmy's Bastards. And Donny Cates is Thanos. And what else am I reading? Uh, Darth Vader, Kingsman, and oh, Dark Knight's Metal as well. That's, nice. That's on, uh, pretty much my pull list at the moment. Do, has that Darth Vader book totally blown you away? Uh, it's not blown me away. It's been really, really good. Um, but it's. I'm always a bit iffy about anything that tries to fill in gaps that we don't really need to know about. But it's been... I mean, I wanna, I, I'm interested to see where it's going because obviously he's still using um, the lightsaber he took from that other Jedi, isn't he? And he's got to yet find his own new lightsaber, which is, is what I'm kind of waiting to find out where that's going. So yeah, it's it's good. It's not not blowing my socks off, but uh, yeah, really enjoying it. Yeah, it was way better than I expected it to be. And yeah, and it, I, I really liked the last Darth Vader run they did though with um, the the Karen Gillan one. That was really nice. I'll have to go back and read that one. When does that one take place? That one's between Empire and Return, or is it New Hope and Empire? It's when you when you get introduced to Doctor Afra and the the two psychopathic droids that he has. Um, he has a, an R two unit and a C three PO unit, and they are cold stone killers. And enjoy it; they love killing people. It's really really fucked up. I've never heard of that character before. Uh, Doctor Afra. Yeah. Yeah, she's a, a female character. She's canon as well. Um, she, she, um, she's like a, I can't remember she's a, I don't know she's a bounty hunter or such, but she, Vader comes across her and, and she helps him out with, um, tracking down Luke, I think it is. Um, yeah, tracking down the guy that, that destroyed the Death Star. She finds it's Luke. And then the Emperor orders him, orders Vader to kill her. But he doesn't, he keeps her around as his secret agent. Um, and then, as I say, these two droids turn up with her, with her which is, um, I think it's Triple Zero and, oh God, I can't remember the other name of the other droid, but they are literal psychopaths, and you see them kill and maim quite a few people, and it's, it's fucking awesome. Oh, sweet. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, it's, um, yeah I, think it did, I think they did four story arcs of that one, like 20 issues. Oh, nice. But, um, it's not too, not too bad to read. Um, but it's some really, really good stuff in there. Um, and you see a little bit more of, um, interaction between the, you know, that's, that always to me seemed like a, a story that I'm, I was interested in what happened between to Vader, between new hope and empire. Yeah. Cause the but last we see of him is just kind of getting spiraled off into space yeah, exactly. from that yeah. Yeah. blast from and the Millennium that, Falcon. And, and, and the Vader book literally picks up from there. So, which is quite cool. 
so that's definitely worth definitely worth reading. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm just working through trades at the moment. I mean, I'm currently well, the book that's on now is Sex Criminals Volume Four. I'm reading that. I've just finished Rat Queens Volume Three and Saga Volume Eight. And the trade paperback pile does not seem to be going down. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it goes, right? <laughs> Pretty much. You just keep it. Oh, look, that's on special. I'll buy that one. I'll, oh, look, that's on. I've got a £10 Amazon gift card. I'll buy that one. <laughs> yeah, it just keeps <laughs> on going. So, And I've still got a load of trades on my digitals as well to read. Yeah, my my digitals one is it's because I can get the digitals for so much cheaper. And then like with... with um. Uh, Comicsology Unlimited and stuff. I can find stuff on there, mm. and is God, my digital's pile is so big. But it, as far as like actual print books, I've I'm down to just I'm looking at my trades right now, and I've got Preacher Volume Two that I still need to read. You read you read Volume One, right? Yes. Yeah, I loved it. And why haven't you read Volume Two? What's wrong with you? It's thick as fuck, and I've got all these other it books. It doesn't matter, dude. I read volume one, and I literally bought the rest of them the same night. No shit. I just I couldn't stop reading Preacher. I loved that book so much. Oh. I still do. And it's really good to go back with Ty and actually read through it again, because it's been fucking near 10 years since I read it. Yeah, I've been loving that podcast, dude. Humper Do Review is very fun. It's- we're getting there. We are. We are definitely getting there. We've had some teething problems and some some botched recordings, and you know, trying to get the rhythm of of doing a page each, and yeah. But no, we're finally finding our groove, which is quite good. And it's yeah. uh, to read through it again with Ty is great. Um, and yeah, it's just remembering how how good that comic was and how fucked up it gets. <laughs> I mean, oh, like if you've only read book one, you haven't even scratched the surface on fucked upness. <laughs> it, it's just beyond ridiculous. Yeah, because okay, so I just grabbed this this volume two, and so this one collects issues thirteen through twenty six. So it's the next thirteen issues in it. Yep. And then, Perfect. and then I picked up Colder. And I'm about I halfway that, I through. That. I bought it. I bought it. It's it's in. It's on the top of my pile at the moment. Ah, oh, dude, I read the I whole first story arc, and it is was it, is good. It good. Yeah, is it awesome? Oh, it's fucked up, dude. You're gonna love it. Like, <laughs> because what's weird is that so that this this main character in Colder is like this crazy person, but he has this weird ability to where if like he touches someone else who's like legitimately crazy it can like open this doorway and like he can step into this other dimension where like kind of like the crazy people live it's like what they see and dude this other world that they step into it's it reminded me of the movie the cell when they go into the serial killer's mind and everything's just fucked up and it almost looks like a fucking 90s nine inch nails video nice yeah it's fucked up shit like that i mean the artist had to have had a lot of fun (laughs) drawing this crazy shit and just you know looking at the cover of colder and for listeners out there just look up colder number one and you'll see what i'm talking about it's it's disturbing shit but it's beautifully drawn yeah that that cover got me completely hooked i'm just just (laughs) horrific um yeah, that that's on the top of my pile, and I've I mean I've got what have I got to read there? I've got curse words, I've got 
Flash Rebirth, the Joshua Williamson first trade. I've got um, Batman Year One. I've got The Boys Volume Nine. I mean, I've got I, I constantly try and move around, so I'm never reading too much of the same thing. Um, and I'll, I'll just sort of pick a trade and go right, I'll read that one next, and then just work my way down the down the books. But it's just it's finding the time to do it. And then all the single issues as well. And Walking Dead's the only other one I'm current on because I've I'm, I've I've read every issue of that. I'm completely current with that one, and I still love that book. Yeah, I I keep flirting with picking it back up where I left off. Oh, you where did you leave off? Issue one hundred. Do it, do it. It's so good. <laughs> You're like, being a pusher. Never, <laughs> uh, it's. <laughs> I mean, no, I know what you mean. It's never been bad. There's there's been a couple of slower issues, but you know, it's. I mean, I won't watch the TV series anymore because it's just not a patch on the on the comic. And I mean, what they did with Negan, and and then after Negan, you have the Whisperers' War, which is fucking amazing, and just. The way, so you know, you you had the Glenn issue, didn't you? It was a hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, I mean, they they do that to you again, and you don't see it coming. The 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 absolute, I, I suppose, it's arrogance of Robert Kirkman to think that he can just kill characters off with no build up. Like all of a sudden, you'll turn the page and start, and the main character's dead. Yeah. Like what the fuck? How how did that happen? I, I want to unread this. I don't, because you care about them. And that's how I felt about Glenn. I was like, how the fuck are they doing this? Um, and they, he just continues to do that. And, and this latest story arc that they've just started, which is that they found uh, another um, settlement with a, upwards of 10,000 people, I think, in it. Oh wow! So they found civilization. Wow. Finally, it's like they've, it's happened. They found the rest of humanity. Um, to see where this is going to go now is is really is going to be quite interesting. Yeah, so, dude. I mean, when so when like I was back up from from this new, I mean, basically. <laughs> so it, if if you're if you're not at all tempted to pick it back up, and you, I recommend getting back into it on this current issue because it's the new story arc. And I know Jordan has from the Supercast, and he literally said, "Do I need to, you know, do I need to go back and read it?" And I went, "No. Here are the two bullet points you need to know," and that was it. Like <laughs> two main points that he needed to needed to have uh, have read. Um, but yeah, you could literally jump onto the new story arc and, and not really have to worry about it too much. Okay, so when we're actually done recording at the end here, yeah. I'm going to have you give me those bullet points and then tell me what issue numbers to jump on, and I'll jump back on it. Okay. I mean, if, <laughs> okay, if, I'll do it. You can do it. If you can do it and you have access, get back on from issue 100. I honestly you should be, you know, it's worth it. It's just Jordan wouldn't do it. Yeah. And and I can understand what he's talking. I don't read as many books as Jordan, but I read close mm-hmm. to as many as he does as well. And it's think- it can be hard to keep up with that many books, man. Oh, of course it can. Of course it can. I mean, I I, I still haven't even started the Doomsday Clock because I haven't read Watchmen yet. And oh, you've like, never oh, read Watchmen? I've never read Watchmen. Oh, you're in for a treat, dude. That's a fun I book. I know, like, but it's it, deep. It just, I know it is, and it just looks so daunting. 
Um, I will read it. I'm not going to, I've got it in, in the pile to read. Um, I just haven't got around to it yet. So, but um, I mean, you've got 76 issues to catch up with Walking Dead, basically. They're on 176 now. Yeah, that feels daunting. Yeah, <laughs> I think I might but, go with your bullet points idea. Okay, all right. I'll give you the bullet points. <laughs> because, I mean, it isn't like those 76 issues are going to disappear. You know, I can no, always no, go no. back and oh, catch yeah, up on it again. Definitely. But, I mean, yeah. No, Watchmen's a bit daunting to me. I mean, it was like, and and to be honest with you, um, the long Halloween has put me off reading older books for a little while. <laughs> Do you did know what you, I mean? Did you not really enjoy the long Halloween? I it was boring as fuck. Okay, finally, finally, I feel like I've been wandering out in the fucking cold alone with this opinion. I can't believe I finally fucking meet a kindred spirit. That uh, book bored the shit out of me, dude. But to I the point where I was questioning myself as a reader. Yeah. And a Batman I fan. The same as you. I read Hush, and then I read that, and I think that's the problem. Yes, thank you. I mean, oh. I can understand it being <laughs> people people saying it's a great book because it is the, the the mystery and the detective part of it is great. The art is not good. The art is so okay. The colors are muted and drab, yeah. and the art it feels so fucking scribbly and weird. But I'm comparing it to Jim Lee. Exactly. And if you compare That's anything to Jim Lee, it's going to maybe fall yeah. short. Like, if you're a fan of that hyper-detailed drawing that Don't Jim Lee that. does, and then you go to, what is it, Tim Sales, maybe, that did the art? Tim, uh, no, it's t- didn't Tim Sales write it? Did I thought Jeff Lowe wrote well? it. Oh, I, I don't was- know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Look it up yourself, listener. <laughs> yeah, it, but, was, um, it was really dull. Yeah, I, mean, I thought I, so too. I read it and I was like, oh, one more month, one more month. I was like, fucking just, it's obviously Harvey Dent. Just fucking deal with it. <laughs> I got so tired of seeing the fucking, it's like, okay, here's another crime scene with a baby bottle nipple laying on the floor that they used as a silencer. It's like, ugh. It, it, it's, there's so many things about that book that turned me off. But there's so many people in the Leftover Army whose opinions I value that say that they loved it to where I'm like, okay, I need to go back and read The Long Halloween again. But as far as trades go, it's thick as fuck. And, and the copy oh, that I have is kind of jacked up. I, I don't care about other people's opinions. You must know that by now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, <laughs> Wonder Woman, Jesus. Yeah, I know the whole bluefish thing. Oh, fucking so, hell. so if if listeners of this show have not listened to the supercast episode of Wonder Woman and they don't understand the bluefish reference, go back and listen to that because it's beautiful. <laughs> I felt so bad that night. I mean, I've said it before in other podcasts. I messaged David as we got out of the theater. And said, where's my matches? Because I told him earlier in the evening that if it was that bad, I was going to set fire to the fucking theatre. Um, and he said, is it that bad? And I said, yeah, it, it's it's awful. Um, we came home and I was, and you know, we, we got home here at like 11. We weren't recording until I think one my time. So I was sat for two hours thinking about this movie going, I, I, I'm really, I was really angry that I didn't like it. 
And it was a weird sensation because I was kind of, I wasn't angry because the film, because they'd made me a shit film. I was angry because I didn't like it. I was like, why? I couldn't quite get the, the, the feelings right. And I, I messaged David, so I just don't, I don't think I want to do this. I don't want to review it because I can't say anything nice about it. And he was like, no, 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 it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be really funny. I was like, yeah, all right. And then the other guys, like, you know, they were, oh, it was, they didn't quite say it. They didn't tough uh, Jedi it then, did they? But they, they jedi it afterwards. But, and then everyone else came out. And I, I, I remember saying to Dan, um, oh, I think it was on the Sunday after I watched it. And I said, Brian and Jake have got to have my back on this. I've got, they've got to have the same views because I can't see them liking this. And especially Jake, I was like, cannot like this film. And I said, if, and if they do, I'm probably going to stop listening to PCL. And then Brian and Jake fucking jedi it. And I was like, oh God, what's wrong with me? Why am I broken? <laughs> and then, and then Dan came out and said he didn't like it. And then David and, and a few others, but yeah, it's, um, I don't get that film, dude. I really don't. Did you have you watched it now? You like I've, it, don't you? Yeah, I I've got it on Vudu, and so I've watched it a few times. But the third act is terrible in that movie. I I did not story wise. I did not like what they did with the third act. Um, spoilers for Wonder Woman. I did not like Professor Lupin being ended up being the bad guy. Well, it was so telegraphed. But. And there's no excuse for how bad the CGI was in that. It's like this is coming from Warner Brothers Studio. This no, is Wonder Woman's first solo movie. This is the first Wonder Woman movie we've ever seen. And you're gonna give us CGI that looks that shitty? It's like what the fuck is and they've Warner Brothers has done this with every one of their movies. What what the fuck is wrong with their CGI department? I think they're just I think they're actually secretly working for Disney. Yeah, they're, they're, they're getting industrial light and magic to do it, and they're just going, give them the shit guy, the intern that can do their CGI, and we'll get the good one. <laughs> but yeah, when, when Justice League is the best film that the DCEU has to offer for me, <laughs> and that's shit. <laughs> okay, uh, Justice League is my favorite terrible movie. Like I would almost call Justice League a B movie that Justice I really League enjoyed. Is my favorite DC movie at the moment. <laughs> I I had such a good time watching that film. I, I walked out of the theater just smiling ear to ear. Yeah, we did. Me and me and Cat did. We we're like, this is, good. and it was funny because the, like the first scene that comes up with that stupid CGI mustache. <laughs> it was so I bad. I literally, as that came up, I picked up my jacket and I said, "Right, I'm leaving." <laughs> And Kat went, no, 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 sit, sit back, you know, we've got to, you know, just give it a bit longer and see. And and then I sat and we had such a good time watching it. Oh. And we were like, and I can forgive all the crap that's in there because it just made me happy to just fun and, you know, silliness. Yeah. Dude, I it, it. it had enough callbacks to the comics that it, it made the DC geek in my heart so happy. Yeah, the, it, was, it was the potential you could see, wasn't it? Yeah. The, you know, the, yes, they fell short of making a brilliant movie, which if you want to compare the Justice League to Avengers, the Justice League's going to fall so short. Unless 
unless it was able to connect with you the way that it did with me in that it had enough of these little nods to what the comics are really like to where it just it just created this joyous feeling in my chest that that overwhelmed the the terrible dialogue with the villain and ben affleck feeling like he didn't really want to be in it but I mean, seeing the Flash push that truck, and then he's all proud of himself, and then Superman comes by with a whole building. That's fucking awesome! <laughs> it was so great. That's it was, what you and then to see. It was Wonder Man or with Aquaman sitting on Wonder Woman's lasso of truth. You know, because at first I'm watching that scene and I'm like, "What is going on? Why yeah. won't this guy shut up?" And then when you find out why, it was just brilliant. Is <laughs> Yeah, I I I loved Justice League. I it, it was one of my better theater experiences last year because <laughs> I just had so much fun. I don't know, and we'll see where it goes from now. You know, yeah. see what happens with Flashpoint, and that's what I was just going to ask. Do you think they're going to pull like a Flashpoint, and then so they can change uh, up everything with new directions since they got this new guy in as like kind of their their Jeff or their Kevin Feige? Um, I really don't know. Now the the trouble is, and and this is what everyone keeps saying, is that Warner Brothers needs to back away from DC. Now the trouble is, Warner Brothers is DC. Yeah, there is no there is no Marvel and Disney. You know, Marvel is a company that is owned by Disney. Warner Brothers and DC are part of the same company. They are the same thing. There is no separating the two, which is why Warner Brothers will always be um, uh, an exec. I'm not going to say a director's studio because it's not anymore. It's an executive studio. So they will put out whatever they want to make as much money as they possibly can. Now, there is nothing that I have seen from Warner Brothers last year or the year before, I think, that has been of any decent standard. Um, and I may be I may be wrong. I might be missing a film, but I can't think of anything um, that includes that the, the most recent Harry Potter piece of shit, um, which I didn't like. Um, I just was that like the Cursed uh, Child thing? No, 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 no. The Cursed Child was was something completely different. Um, it was the um, uh, the 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 fantastical piece. Thank you. Um, oh okay yeah which i didn't like i didn't like the fact that they're just you know they're expanding a universe to make more money where it doesn't need to be expanded the way they're doing it not what drives me mental with warner brothers is everything needs to be linked like fantastic beasts needs to be linked to harry potter by putting fucking dumbledore or grindelwald or rather than just doing a separate story about the 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 main character that doesn't have to correspond with anything else the same way as they're doing with the dceu they're trying to make everything linked together rather than just going let's make some separate stories and see what happens yeah. that's all they yeah. did in fucking marvel they made separate stories and then right at the end they went let's give a little clue to see what happens next we don't have to follow through with it we're just going to give a hint uh, and it worked DC can't, like Warner Brothers can't seem to fathom that, and that's where it's going wrong. Yeah, I totally know what you mean because it's like instead of just throwing it in as like kind of a a nice teaser 
you know, post credit scene, mid credit yep. scene, whatever, exactly. you know, instead it's like, no, we need to write this into the plot because we like all that to. shit in Batman V Superman with him looking at the surveillance footage of, of the flash and with Aquaman holding his breath in the, in the shipwreck, <laughs> it was, it was bad. It, it, it just added to more dullness in that movie. Whereas if they'd have thrown just something in, yeah, if they'd have just thrown something in as a post credit scene, it would have been a lot better. I mean, but I, do re- I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I remember when we when I first saw Iron Man, the first Iron Man film. So before anything, any of this, we had, we had anything that we've got today, and the end credit scene on that when Tony Stark mentions the Avengers Initiative. Now, when I first saw, I lost my fucking shit because that's. You're seriously going to do the Avengers? What the fuck? How's this going to work? Yeah, and your interest is peaked. With that, you're like, well, no, you you've started off by setting up the Justice League. What's the fucking point in continuing this? You know, if you're going to give me a DCEU, DCEU, I want a really solid Batman. I want a really good Superman, and I want them to be the the the, the opposite side sides, the opposite sides of the same coin. If you you know the Justice League comic books, Batman is serious, is miserable, is moping, and then you have got Superman, who's who's the light and laughter of it, not the other way around, which is what they've been doing. They've been making Batman like more light-hearted and cracking more jokes than Superman was in fucking BVS. Mm-hmm. Build me some really good characters. Build me some really good stories. I'd like to see, for fuck's sake. All they have to do, really, is take the DC animated films and make them live action. It's yeah. really simple. Like Wonder Woman, the, the, the animated uh, Wonder Woman's a great movie. Why couldn't they have done that in um, live action? See, and I almost wonder if they're worried to go there in live action because they're saying, look, we've already done this in animated and we need to give our audience something different. And if that's the case, Possibly. then they really need to face the reality of, look, the different that you're coming up with isn't it's good. Working. Otherwise, Jumanji what? wouldn't be outselling the Justice League. Like, that's oh, fucking insane. It's a good movie. So good. It's <laughs> Jumanji? No, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but when, oh, I, when, when I went to see The Last Jedi, I saw the the longer trailer for it, and I was like, okay, yeah. I got to admit, this looks you, pretty fucking you should, great. You should take the boys to see it. It's a lot of fun. Oh, okay. Yeah, I bet they'd love it. It's a it's a really fun movie, and um, yeah, Jack Black and Kevin Hart steal the show from The Rock, which is something that I'd never thought possible. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, instruments. Um, I know no, The Rock's um, kind of been on a roll; like he can do no wrong. But I really wonder what Rampage is going to do for that. Yeah, see, San Andreas didn't break him. I don't think Rock Rampage will. I think it's just going to be a stupid fight, a stupid fight movie. Uh, I, I still want my Rock Johnny Bravo movie. That's what I'm. What I really want. Oh yeah, that would be perfect casting. Yeah, that was that was rumored for for many years. <laughs> oh, Johnny Bravo. I haven't thought of that character in a long time. Oh, such a great character. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean. Yeah. What were we talking about before we got onto the DCEU? I can't remember now. How did we get there? I don't know. <laughs> That's the oh, weirdness people, of this show. people's opinions. <laughs> Long Halloween. There we go. Right back to it. 
Hey, nicely done. <laughs> there we go. I, I'm, I'm only two beers in, that's why. So, <laughs> going back to that, I mean, I've read the Infinity Gauntlet, so that that to me is kind of on a on a parallel between of, of the time period that the comet was made. And Infinity Infinity Gauntlet was so much like the Infinity War and Infinity Gauntlet was so much such a better comic to read than Long Halloween to me. It was there was more excitement. There was more. Oh, it's the same. I don't get that. I really don't get that book. I will not be buying it in in um, in tangible format. That's for sure. Yeah. I will. I think I bought it for two two pound ninety nine on Comicsology over Christmas, and I will not be buying it in trade. I will buy Hush in trade definitely because I love that book. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, Hush is fucking beautiful. So yeah, so crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Red Kingdom Come recently. That was good. I really like that book. Oh yeah, dude. I, so. Uh, Vitaly was going off about that and it's like number one it's already going to be on my list because I mean it's Alex Ross come on yeah. but I didn't know anything about the story but I found it on eBay for pretty cheap and so I got these four square bound books so it's almost like they're mini trades you know it's like oh, a right. trade that's like an eighth of an inch thick or so All right, okay. but it's bound the same way and nice. but I got them really cheap and so you know they're not near mint condition at all they're they're kind of beat up but I mean who really gives a shit I got them cheap and I it's the story and I was not expecting how great that was going to be I mean oh. what an engrossing story I mean so kingdom come is like the the future beyond the justice league when the justice league is disbanded because new superheroes have come about that are a little bit more you know, in touch with the modern world and not like with Superman's Boy Scout ideals, but with the loss of those ideals, they become a much more brutal team. Mm. And, you know, when basically when Superman's had enough and they kind of hatch a plan to go and, and take it back from them, like what an incredible story. And I love seeing old man Bruce Wayne in yeah. like that that exoskeleton because his body is so beat up that he <laughs> it's almost like he needs this exoskeleton just to move him around. It and, was really good. And the, oh, art, I mean, yeah. the art through the whole book is just fucking gorgeous. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Alex Ross is really without peer. I mean, yeah. there, there's nothing that comes close to the way that he does it. No, nothing no. looks like his style. No, no, no one at all. I don't think. I mean, it's just completely, di completely different to anyone else. It's such... It's proper art, isn't it? It's not even just comic book art. It's every single panel is proper art. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you could picture it in a frame hanging on a fucking wall yeah. in the Louvre or something like that. And it's yeah, just, it you know, gorgeous. happens to be capes in the subject matter. <laughs> so have you, um, have you read Jupiter's uh, Legacy yet or any of that Jupiter's um, Circle? Not yet. They, they've been on my radar ever since you told me about it when I was going off yeah, about you, how much I love Mark Millar. You've got to check those out. They're fucking superb books. Like you can tell they're Mark Miller books as well because you open the page and there's just blood, guts, and heads flying everywhere. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Have yeah. you read Nemesis? No, I haven't. I, that's now on my radar. Thanks to you guys, I will. It's on my pull list um, to or my on my wish list to get. Um, I literally just bought the first first issue of Reborn um, to to have a read because that's been on my radar for a little while. 
Yes, I've heard that one's good. I haven't gotten around to it yet, but it's been on my yeah. radar as well. And Jordan was like, "Dude, you've got to read this." And it's like, "Yeah, yeah I just picked <laughs> up the first issue because it was I was looking for a fifth comic to get in an eBay bundle, and it was there, so I grabbed that to read." Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I do like a bit of Mark Millar. A, yeah, interesting. I mean, I really like the, the Kingsman. Actually, the first the first trade they did the Kingsman was really good. See, I've got to check that out. I've never even seen the movies, but I've heard so many good things about it. You've never it. seen the movies? No, no. It's, hell is wrong with you? It's on my list. <laughs> it's, my, just, my it's just me and my problem with fucking working in screen time, you know? My, my, wife, my wife now disapproves even more. Fucking strawberry eaters and you haven't watched Kingsman. <laughs> dare you. <laughs> dare you, Joe. No, definitely check the, the second film's not as good, but it's still fun. But the first film's actually really, really good. Nice, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if it's a Mark, if if it's a Mark Millar, Mark Miller, however we say his name, if if it's, <laughs> if Mark it's Miller. yeah, okay. Um, I mean, if it's if it's his property, I want to see it. Like, yeah, I remember I I watched the movie Wanted before I ever knew that that was based off a comic in. I would have, if, I would have never in a million years if you'd be like, dude, you should read the comic that's based off. I was like, fuck that. But then you tell me like, oh well, well, Mark Miller wrote that. It's like, okay, now I want to read it. Yeah, I've I've never even watched Wanted, so I really should watch it at some point. It has its moments. Yeah, I'll give it that. But the the the, the Kingsman comics really good because, um, it's it is the they did change the film enough to make the comic different to the movie. So it's not a direct adaptation, um, but it still keeps with a lot of the themes and a lot of the the action set pieces are in there, which is is quite clever to watch them do it. But I think because it's directed by um, oh, Matt Matthew Vaughan, isn't it? Matthew Vaughan, yeah. Oh, so nice. he's the guy that's going to be doing the new Superman movie, and I think that if he um, if he gets the gig as doing the Superman movie, I think he could really really do it because he, he, the way he directs Batman movie right no Superman Man of Steel Man of Steel 2 oh okay who's gonna be doing the Batman one that I'm confusing uh-huh. that with that's the the planet of the or War of the Planet Apes guy right yeah which is um oh god I can't remember now <laughs> so anyway I'm sorry Matthew Vaughn Superman <laughs> I'm sure it's Matthew it's yeah, I know, I know it is, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the other guy, I can't remember. I'm terrible with names. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I totally fucked this but the up. Way, the way he films, the way he makes films, almost are like watching a comic strip, like almost watching a comic book, which are really clever. Like the way he uses the camera angles. Basil. No, not Basil. <laughs> No, off the planet. X. I'm just trying to find it. Matt Reeves. There you go. Planet of the Apes. He's he's Batman. Um, Matthew Vaughn. Um, yeah, Matthew Vaughn. Did we have a sl- did we have a slight cat appearance on the on the podcast there for a sec? Yeah, very quiet. She's, oh. she's here. Hi, cat. Joe says hi. Hey. She waves <laughs> and says hey. <laughs> she's just going to bed in a minute, I think. As it's you got to relate to her real quick that if she wants to be on Starkcast sometime, it would be so much fun to talk about like her her love of like pinups and stuff like that. That'd be so cool. Joe says if you'd like to be on Starkcast at any time, he would love to talk about pinups and stuff. 
would be really cool. <laughs> no, no, darling. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, bless her. I'll take us off the rails a little bit there for that. That's, That's too cool. <laughs> so, uh, what else have we made? A red plastic. Love that. Yes, dude. Yeah, that was so fucking. fucking wasn't it a weird ride? Oh, I just loved it. I loved it. And I didn't see the end coming at all. I was like, that's clever. Just trying the microphone around now. Oh, excellent. That's right. Um, yeah, well, I just, I've just got this. Uh, I just. Oh, excuse me. Um, I, I tend to just buy whatever's reduced or whatever's cheap on Amazon at the time in my wish list. So I scroll through every couple of days or whenever I've got some money and I just go, right, oh, that one, that one is reduced by 30%, 27%, and however it works. So there's no real rhyme or reason to what I'm reading. I just order what I No, that, that's the way I do it too because there's so many freaking trades on my Amazon list to where it's like those ones that just stay in the $20 price range. I mean, they've been on the list for a while. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I mean, I've got um, all of the Angel and Buffy graphic novels on there because they just never come down in price. But then there'll be a new there'll be a run on the new fifty two Batman's, and I'll order three or four because they've been reduced to just under a tenner each, or or something ridiculous. Um, I think I just ordered God Country, um, Descender Volume Five, which is I love that book. Oh, Descender's so beautifully those watercolors that Dustin Nugent did in oh, that. It's, so cleverly done. Yeah, it makes that comic really stand out. Mm. That's about to wrap up, too. No. Pretty sure. I think it's only got <laughs> one story arc left in it, from what I, I read on Twitter, I think. Christ. Oh, well. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's both satisfying and sad when yeah. a brilliant comic comes to an end, because it's like, okay, you know how it's going to wrap up. But like, I had that feeling with Nailbiter, to where I was like, I'm happy I'm finally going to know what the fuck is causing all these buckaroo butchers. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want this to go away. I've still, I'm only, I'm only in the second trade. So that's, you still got a lot of good reading. (coughs) Enjoy. And and it's just something that they, they haven't come on special yet. So yeah, um, I can feel you when the next are, I will order some more. Oh, but yeah, I've read the first two of those. But it's Joshua Williamson, isn't it? Anything he fucking touches is bloody gold. It really does seem like that. The The only stuff yeah. of his that I've read where I was kind of ho-hum on was Captain Midnight. Right, okay. I'm actually quite looking forward to getting into that Flash book as well. Yeah, his Flash run's been great. I think I just picked up issues 38 and 39 at the comic shop today. Wow. Bloody Argent Rose was getting that far in it. Jesus, it seems like ages since Brebirth began, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's actually been a damn while, right? Yeah, bloody hell. I mean, to the point where, you know, that's not even on the books anymore. Now they've just gone to the corner box. Yeah. L- look on the covers. Crazy. Fucking hell. <laughs> where does the time go? Hey. It goes by fast, man. Oh, doesn't it just? <laughs> it was only Christmas yesterday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, do you mind if we take one more quick break? Yeah, of course. All right, thank you.
And we're back. <laughs> Thank you for bearing with me on the brakes. <laughs> so uh, uh, that strawberry it just goes right through you. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why don't you just get an incontinence pad as well to go with your vagina? <laughs> I can get a bucket like Frank and just mute my mic and just piss it. Yeah, you could do. You could. <laughs> That'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's just wrong. It's just so wrong. <laughs> Bless Frank. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, I miss hearing him on the podcast. I miss hearing Jay on the podcast, too. Talking yeah. about PCL, you know, of course, but... Uh, <laughs> Let's we'll see what happens. But at least we still get Brian and Jake. Yes, yes. I know. It, I remember a while back, Brian was saying something on the podcast about, you know, well, someday, you know, PCL is going to be done. We're not going to be doing this anymore. And it made me so sad. Yeah, I know. I was like, no. Well, <laughs> I don't want that day, do I? When, when you wake up on a Monday morning and there's no PCL to listen to. That will be a sad day. Oh, so oh, listen God. to Supercast. Oh. <laughs> 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 I'll, get I'll get Jordan yelling at me. That's fucking great. <laughs> hey, as good as Vitaly is at busting people's balls, I think it's important that people bust his. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do it regularly. I just tell him that Jordan's just roll. You know, I can you can hear. I constantly text you and say, "I can hear you rolling your eyes at this point in the show." <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you can just hear that. Oh God! Uh, yeah, Someone, I love those guys. When Jordan said something millennial, or or Eric said something, I'm just like, oh God! Ah, bless him. Good guys. I know it, it's been too long since I had Vitaly on here. I need to find. I need to see if he wants to be on again. Yeah, that'd be good fun. It would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah, that was a good episode. I remember that one. I, I remember a few weeks ago. I was buzzed enough to where I was like, "I'm going to text Vitaly a bad dad joke." <laughs> Oh, no. so I just sent him this joke, and so I sent him the setup, and right away he comes back with, this sounds like the setup to a joke. And so then I finish it off, and he comes back with right away, have you been drinking tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm so drinking. Funny to me. <laughs> oh, I think I asked him, I think I texted him, I said, did you hear about the midget psychic that escaped from the penitentiary last night? No. Like, the news reported a small medium at large. No, Joe. I'm done. And with that, Matt Kirby hangs up on me. (laughs) Jesus. Well, that's the sort of joke my my wife would like. <laughs> I think it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> so, oh <Hey>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bloody hell! <laughs> so you know, no, earlier man. you were kind of talking about going to like Ireland and stuff a lot. Have you done uh-huh. much traveling like around Europe? No. 
Very little. I'm. I've. I have been to Ireland quite a bit because I've got friends over there, so it's cheap. Again, miser. Remember, Scrooge. Won't <laughs> spend any money. And I've been to um, Corfu in Greece, um, Mallorca in Spain, France, and Bahrain. And that's about my limit of my travelling at the moment because I just. I've never been in the position where I've had the money to do it. And it's, as you know, as a as a homeowner and as a dad, it or something else always comes up when you're saving for money. Yeah. Saving for something, it always goes on something else. Car breaks down or boiler breaks down or there's a hole in the roof or, you know, anything like that. And you, you're constantly fucking taking your savings and, and your, your money with this and that and putting it towards something else. So, yeah, we, we, we haven't really got to do a lot of travelling, so we make the most of the UK. Um, and we go down to... Well, my dad my dad lives down in Devon, down in the West Country, so we go down there every year to see him. He's got a nice house down there, and it's, it's so quiet. Like, you can't hear any anything. I mean, you just go out in the garden and it's pitch black. You see all the stars... And there's no sound. It's fucking gorgeous. You know, that's um, the cool thing about the UK, though, is that, I mean, you really don't even have to leave the country to see some really intense history. No, you've got, you, you, we forget. I mean, we, we, we're really lucky where we are, to be honest. Um, that, I mean, uh, we've got the, just up the road from us, we've got what's called the Devil's Punch Bowl, which is a really amazing kind of, um, well, it's, it's it's a it's a bowl. It's a fucking massive um, crater, really. Um, and you've got the, the, the panoramic views are just are just gorgeous. And you go up there first thing in the morning when the sun's coming up, and it's it's fucking mind blowing. And we we forget where we are that actually we don't have to go very far to experience these gorgeous sights and, and scenes and scenic places, but we always do. So. Yeah, I remember you sent me pictures of that Devil's Punch Bowl. It looked beautiful. Yeah, that was on my on one well, probably the last time I took my bike out, which just fucking sucks. Jesus. <laughs> God. That's not good. I need to get back on that bike. Yeah, I know, it's been kind of tempered around here to where we don't really have ice on the roads and stuff anymore. I should get my bike out. It'd just be a, an easy cardio burn to where it like yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't beat the shit out of my knees and the bottoms of my feet like running has been doing lately and so it's so easy to put off running when it's like okay yeah I'm going to go for a run and I'm going to feel good about it but I'm going to limp for a few days afterwards cuz it's going to fuck me up see I wish I could run but I can't I I just I've never been able to run I always get a stitch and I look like a headless chicken running <laughs> so i don't bother I, I don't do it i mean i've got a um uh, a cycle ride coming up in it's not until august um i'm doing i think it's 40 miles the day after my fucking birthday for some reason all all mountain bike trails um around a local area that's being organized by a local cycle shop. So I sort of signed up to that as kind of giving myself, giving myself a target to like, like people running a fucking marathon, isn't it? It's just giving myself something to work towards. So I mean, like I spoke to you before Christmas or, or just after Christmas, wasn't it? We were talking, texting back and forth and I 
I'd stopped being at the gym for a little while over Christmas and then I haven't, hasn't gotten back to it. Um, oh God, until last week, I think, or the beginning of this week, because I've, I've had this, there's been a really bad flu virus going around the UK that's just knocked everyone for six. So I finally started to get back to the gym and I'm doing 25 minutes on um, heavy resistance on the bikes every 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 session plus weights and then body weight exercise and everything else to try and get myself trained back up so that I can actually take the bike out and, and accomplish <laughs> some sort of uh, sensible route without having a fucking heart attack. <laughs> that's the goal, right? Yeah, that's it. But unfortunately, my bike's been sat in the shed and hasn't gone out because I wake up on a Sunday and go, oh, it's cold out there. I can go to the gym, it's warm in the gym. And I shouldn't do that. I should get on the bike and go out. But I'm lazy. I, I know. I had to take mine out tomorrow and at least go and ride for like five miles or so. Just to, that's a long ride. <laughs> it can go really fast. I might, cycle, I might just cycle down the shops. I <laughs> <laughs> down the road. <laughs> So there's a there's a, a natural area outside of the little town that I live in. And so if I jump on my bike and I ride straight to this bridge and back, it ends up being just about a four mile ride. Mm-hmm. Nice. So yeah, I, I could do that and, you know, have some somewhat nice scenery. And I mean, I mean that's pretty much the same run that I used to do is, really? you know, if, and if I wanted to turn it around at a three mile run, I just turn around almost to the bridge you know <laughs> fair enough i mean that when i when i sent you that photo from the punch bowl oh, excuse me oh. so that's from from my house to there um i can't because my phone's died i can't even get my stavia um account up now but i think it's like an 800 was it a 400 foot elevation so it's all fucking uphill all the way oh. there That'll kick your ass on a bike, dude. Oh, geez, it does. I mean, it, it, it's fucking steep. So, and it's probably maybe two and a half mile up there. Maybe, no, maybe a mile and a half. So up 800 feet, and it's it's heavy, and that's your start of your ride. And then you get up there, and then you can either go, then you're going downhill somewhere, and then you got to go uphill again to get back. <laughs> so, you know, it's like it's, I want. I, if I was out there, they look like there's so many more interesting trails that you can find. But here, where I am, everywhere I've got to go uphill to get anywhere. I'm like, I don't want to go uphill. Uphill's <laughs> painful. It hurts. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go downhill, just just straight down and forever down. So I, no, I'm going to try and try and get out. I need. To, I just need to start training for this fucking bike ride properly because i don't want to look at twit (laughs) Uh, it'll be okay one of the places that i would go out rock climbing is it's on private property and you have to go through this farmer's cow pasture to get there and so you park up on top of this hill and you walk down through his cow pasture and then you kind of come out in this low spot and you cross a creek and then you got to go well, you go through this cow pasture, which is all downhill, and then it kind of levels off a little bit, and then you go down another really big hill, and then you cross a creek, 
and then you're pretty much at where this wall is right along this river. And so, you know, getting out there is not too bad, right? It's all downhill. Yeah. Then you spend all day doing exhausting shit, and you're wearing a 50-pound backpack, and then the hike out is up two massive hills to get Ugh. back to where the car's at. And that hike out will fucking destroy you. <laughs> and when you were talking about that, that it's a bit uphill to get back out of there, that's what I was thinking of. And I'm like, I can relate to that, dude. It's demoralizing. So, I never quite got the, the mountain climbing thing. I've done it a fucking bunch, and I never enjoyed it. <laughs> Do you enjoy it in retrospect, though? When you look back, you're like, oh, that was a fun time. No, I, I hate rock climbing. <laughs> I fucking love abseiling. Yeah, that shit's yeah. fun. Like, I love the coming down part, and I love like like mountain hiking. But actual rock climbing can fucking go and blow itself. <laughs> I hate it. I really did. And so I, you actually did it like with the now. harness and the ropes and everything? Oh, the whole bunch. The whole fucking bunch, mate. On <laughs> sheer rocks and, and everything. I mean, I, I was probably 13, 14 at the time. And we used to do it on scouts. And we did climbing walls. We did um, uh, big fucking natural um, sheer faces in Wales. And I, I never liked the climbing part. I used to love the abseiling part, coming back down. But the climbing part scared the life out of me. I hated it. Yeah. It, it will, I'm not it, good at heights. Everything I've heard about England climbing also is that England has this old school tough guy like attitude of it. To where the the videos that I've seen from England, they come from a place called the Peak District. Yeah. And it's called Gritstone Climbing, which over here we call it Sandstone. But in England, they have this ethic of it's natural protection only. So if there's a crack in the rock, you can fit like a, a cam, which would be like a spring-loaded device, yep. into that crack, and then you hook your rope into that. Whereas in America, we'll just repel in or you know abseil in from the top and just screw holes in the wall and just actually put mechanical bolts with hangers in the wall. Right. But in England, that's a no-go. You don't fucking do that over there. They've got a sense of history. <laughs> and if you, you know what? If you're not badass enough to to fucking face down that fear and do that shit, you're not going to fucking do it. Yep, and, all right. <laughs> yeah, and to the point where the, the English climbing grade system, in America, the grade is only based on the difficulty. In England, it's difficulty plus terror. It's how how scared are you going to be when you're doing this? How awful is the gear going to be? How close to the fucking edge are you? And so really the 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 English system it's called the E grade. Everything's based on an E at the beginning. And I've got a lot of respect for it. I wouldn't want to do it because I'm a pussy. <laughs> I like my bolts every 5 feet. <laughs> But dude, the videos I've seen are fucking hair raising. Yeah. Oh god. So I, mean, I I can relate that it would have scared the shit out of you. So we we would do it when we were sort of twelve, <laughs> thirteen with scouts, and we go to fucking Wales on a camping trip, and they oh the activity's rock climbing. Oh no, <laughs> Not rock climbing. That's not fun. <laughs> oh, it's just horrible. And you know, you're talking eighty foot cliffs. I mean, there the, the were seriously stupid sized cliffs, and you would only be going up halfway or, or like a third of the way. But you still got that vertigo of looking up. 
And you, yeah, it was horrible. I hated it. <laughs> you got that feeling when you're 30 feet off the ground and all of a sudden you're feeling like your hands are exhausted and the holds aren't as big as you want them to be. And it's no matter what you can do, you can just feel yourself minutely sliding off these grips, but you know that you need to make a move and reach up and catch that next one. But you're not positive that you're going to be able to do it without falling. That's a scary feeling. Yeah, I mean, I'm no good at heights anyway. I'm really, yeah. really not. I don't like them. I don't like them either. <laughs> but I just fucking rock climb falling, you fool. Because it's that feeling of when I can actually push that, when I can actually take that fear and control it and move past it and succeed, the feeling of accomplishment that I get at the end is so gratifying. Mm. But a lot of climbing always fell that. into what I what, what, what I had heard described as type two fun, where in the moment, type two fun is that in the moment you're not enjoying it. But when you look back on it later, you're like, that was great. See, I mean, I know, you, I know. We, you said you wanted to talk about that—the the, the trip in Wales, the mountaineering in Wales. Um, the, the picture I sent you when I did Snowden. Um, the first time I went to Wales hiking, and it, we we do something called the um, Chief Scouts Challenge over here, which I suppose is like an Eagle Scout thing over there. It's like a, a series of, of of hikes and tests that that test your map reading and hiking capability and all this crap so we'd be doing what's called rough rough hiking or wild hiking so you you you'd carry your tent your sleeping bag all your food and everything on your back so the whole lot and you, you need to hike up and down mountains carrying an 80 pound backpack so we um we with the when we first did wales i was 12 I think, yeah, maybe twelve. And um, the first day we went up to the first mountain. And I think we would we did three, two peaks on the first day, and then three the second day. So the first day we did the first peak, and I was I was hating it. I hated because I hate heights, and I, I didn't like the weather. And I was like, I want to go fucking home. And had enough of this. And then as we were coming down from the second peak, coming down to camp. It was like a, a steep um, slate hill. So it was loose slate. Are you there, Joe? Yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I was just enraptured with your story. <laughs> chugging, chugging strawberry eaters. So it was like a, like, a, like a slate shingly hill that was really slippery. And I kept on sliding down. And this is a 12-year-old kid carrying a fucking heavy backpack. And, you know, I wasn't facing death. But, you know, the fear of, of going head over, head over heels. And you were going down the side of a mountain. You were fucked. I, I was I was bawling my eyes out. I was like, I, I don't want to do it. I just want to go home. I, I don't want to do this anymore. Wow, wow, wow. Eventually, they managed to coax me down the bottom of the hill. Got me camped up. The next fucking day... It was like someone overnight had t- taken all the fear out of me. I was running up and down mountains. I shit you not, I had no fear at all. I was just off. I was gone. And it's, nice. it's been like that ever since. And when we did that Snowden trip that I sent you the photos for, which was two years back now, I think two, three years, um, we we did that, I think we did the, the walk up was four hours and the walk down was three or two. It might have been 
Um, and like, there's just no fit, and it was just a, a nice walk up a fucking one of the tallest mountains in the UK. No problem, no no squabbling, no no worrying, not a problem. Up we go, and I kept. <laughs> I um, it was as I said to you on the on the message. It so when we left, when we when we started out from the car park at the bottom of the mountain, it was sunny, so I had my sunglasses on. And I and and it started raining about five minutes into the hike, and I said, "Hello, high water! I'm not taking my sunglasses off until I reach the top of the fucking mountain." We went through hail, snow, rain, sunshine, blistering sunshine, wind, rain, snow, literally all types of weather up this fucking mountain until we got to the top, and there was a goddamn blizzard, and I still had my sunglasses on. <laughs> fucking doing it and then we got to the top cracked open the beers and um yeah had a had a had a good drink and then walked down the mountain again but the fear had just gone so i love i mean i love doing that but the rock climbing i just don't get it don't get it yeah well um so do you know the difference between leading and top roping yes okay so, you know, with top roping, it's, it's, it's kind of like bowling with bumpers, you know, yeah. there, there's really, you're, you're doing the same activity, but there's really no consequence to it. And so in the group that was kind of the, the dudes that I climbed with, whether they meant to or not, they would look down on top roping. And if you said, you know, I think I'm just going to top rope this one, like there would be this air of, you know, it, like, you know, like, uh, really? Come on. And it would get to the point where some people would even, they would climb it on lead and they'd immediately just pull the rope. And so the rope would fall all the way back down to the ground. It's like, hey, it looks like you're leading it. And it got to the point with me where there was just, it it was hard to go out and be scared all the time. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know? Where it's like, maybe sometime I just wanted to fucking top rope it. And, but that's what I love about, if I go out climbing with, it's just me and Lindsay then it's like, okay, I'm going to lead something just to get the rope up there, and then we're just going to top rope and have fun on it the mm. rest of the day. And so I'd actually have more fun climbing with, with Lindsay yeah. because you know it was just me and her just going out and fucking around, just enjoying a day out in the woods where you know we don't have to just bang, bang, bang and just do pitch after pitch. We can climb a little bit and then just hang out in the woods and just enjoy the sound of the wind in the trees and the birds chirping. Mm and shit like that and and then when i had some injuries on top of it and stuff it was you know it it, it was almost like a welcome break from that yeah definitely because for a long time i dude i was obsessed with it i mean that was it was all i thought about it was all i talked about and so in a way those injuries were good because it helped me grow as a person (laughs) because i was really fucking stuck on climbing for a while and, and it's something that I'm still super passionate about, but you know, thank God now I have other things I can talk to people about. <laughs> now I can bore people talking about fucking superheroes and shit. <laughs> oh, superheroes. <sighs> oh, me. I don't even care, dude. That's something I will never grow out of. What's up here? No, yeah. what should you? Fuck no. You? So, have you? Um, any, well, go, well, going back to comics, then, have you enjoyed Dark Knight's Metal? Yes, it's been you, really, really, really great. 
Um, yes, and I am current on it, and I've read all the tie-ins and the the one shots as well. Have you? Did you did, did you buy them all in um, in print or did you buy them on digital? Uh, at first, I was just reading the tie-in books on digital, and then I fucking kicked myself because I ended up having to buy that fucking Teen Titans issue for like twenty five bucks. You didn't I, buy it. I I did. I got obsessed with the fact that I had to finish out my collection, and it, and I was like, it's only going to go up in price. Yeah. And so I I found it for twenty four ninety five on eBay and just wow. bought it, and I was like, I can't believe I just paid twenty five dollars for a comic for a Teen Titans comic as well. For, and it, and then at one time that title was on my pull list. If I would have waited another two months to cancel that off my pull list, I would have just gotten it for three ninety nine. Oh yeah, see, I got stupid. it by accident because they put it in my pull list, and I, I just, I'd said I'll just put Don I just in there. Don't worry about the times, and they put that one in there, and I was like, oh fuck it, I'll have it anyway. And then I went into the, my comic shop and said, oh, have you got any more of them? And she said, well, you're, you're like the seventh guy that's asked it. I said, yeah, because they're now going for thirty four pounds on eBay. And he was, yeah. the guy just turned around and went, they're going for what? I was like, yeah, it's the first <laughs> appearance of the Batman who laughs. It's going to be. Yep one of the most valuable comics in in fucking Batman canon, I would think, at some point. Oh, I just couldn't believe it. So, yeah, mine is, um, mine is sat very carefully in its long box and is not getting moved or played with or anything, and I'm so tempted to get it graded. Hey, that'd be a good one to get graded. It would be. If I could I get mean, it signed as well, I fucking would, but... Yeah, because you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that one that's one that is likely only going to increase in value because it has... So for for listeners who don't know what we're really talking about, the Batman who laughs is in this dark multiverse. There's all these evil versions of Batman and the Batman who laughs is Batman crossed with the Joker. So you just kind of let that sink in for a little bit. Fucking awesome. (laughs) It's so dark, dude. He's got like. All of his Robins basically look like zombie versions of a Robin that are all fucked up that he keeps on chains on a leash. It's badass. Mm, it is pretty fucking awesome. But yeah, so there's that one. And there was oh, the signal as well as the other one I was thinking I might get graded. I have heard good things about the signal. I didn't pick it up in print, and so I'm just waiting to read it on digital. It's the first appearance of that character, so you know, in that suit, so that might be um, that might be quite a valuable one at some point. But yeah, I've I've got a couple of graded comics now that I've I mean I told you about, and I showed showed you the nail biter one I picked up. Oh, you ended Uh, up getting it. I got that, yeah. Nice. Why not? And I also got a um, what else did I get? I've got a so the nail biter number one. Um, Rat Queens number six and Sex Criminals um, special edition cover front cover of number one I think it is um, just because they uh, the trouble is over here graded comics aren't easy to come by because obviously not only do we have to send them to a grading company we have to send them to America to a grading company so it costs a lot of fucking money oh shit there is a company over here that does it and they, they'll charge I think it's 30, 30 pounds a comic plus shipping to get them graded. So they'll tell you, so you send them to them, then they send them to America. So I was like, yeah, well, I think that's probably a fair enough price. 
if they were signed, if uh, if they were really valuable signed comics, I would probably do it. But I'm not going to spend spend fucking like thirty pound on a. I don't know. Is it was it worth it? I don't know. I don't get it. So I'm just sort of keeping it on eBay, and any that are going for cheap because people don't really know what they are over here. I'm grabbing them, and and I've got picked up a few cheap ones recently. So that's the best way to do it. Is that if you can just be patient and just like keep your stoke in check and just wait for that good deal on eBay, good things can happen. Well, that's how you got your fucking birthright run, wasn't it? Yeah, I got, I got, I really lucked out on that. I've lucked out on a handful of things. Dude, I fucking, and this is one that I still kick myself over. It was when I switched from iPhone to Android. And so I put the new app, I put the Android app on my phone for eBay and it wasn't tied in for some reason to my PayPal. Right. And there was an auction going for five near mint copies of paper girls number one for 99 cents oh my god right and i fucking wait i did my sniper move and i waited till there was five seconds left on the auction and i (laughs) fucking bid on it and it gave me an error message saying this seller does not accept non-paypal bidders oh like what the fuck and then so somebody else got it for 99 cents bastards like son of a bitch i I was yeah dude paper girls is fantastic there's so many good titles there, that's the problem. <laughs> I'm like, every fucking day someone in the army goes, oh, check this book out. Okay, I'll add it to my list. I'll add it to my list. I'll add it to my list. Yeah. And then, and then with Image, they just keep coming out with more brilliant number ones. Yep, don't they just? We've got the, the new Kirkman book in a couple of weeks, which we're reviewing for, for number ones comic podcast, don't you? Which we get. Yes. Yeah, That's that'll be on the first fun. issue of number one comic books. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna, that'll be one that Brian's gonna do. Is gonna be, be um, Oblivion, Oblivion song. song. Yeah, and that looks so good. I have you seen have read the sample from pages it. for no, it? I no. Wow. Hey, hey, good. Yeah, it looks fucking great. Do you know what like the premise of this comic is? Not a fucking clue. I'm gonna pick it up completely blind. Do you want me to give you a brief synopsis? No, I'm going to pick That's it okay. up completely blind. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Go into it blind because you're going to love yeah. it. I, I like being surprised. It's yeah. good. It, yeah, uh, that's one I'm really looking forward to. And uh, Gideon Falls by Jeff Lemire is going to be one that we're going to do in that, that first episode also, and that one's going to be great. Okay. Um. Let's see, Rod is going to be doing a, a new image comic called Prism Stalker, and I believe Rebecca is going to be talking uh, Shade the Changeling Girl. So okay. that ought to be good. That'll be right in the beginning of March when we when we pick up this, this show, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that. It's, gonna, it's definitely a good idea. Oh, excuse me. Oh, <laughs> Again, dude, I appreciate you staying up so late. I know this is late as fuck for you. That's right. It's only half past one. <laughs> we can move towards wrapping it up if you want. No, I'm all right. We can, we can talk more bullshit. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I don't want you to feel beholden. <laughs> no, not so. no, it's just, I mean, that's the reason I do podcasting with. Ty and Paul and 
Jello Capsule with Jake and David is, is, is because I enjoy talking to people. I don't get a chance to talk comic books with anyone. I mean, you know, wife, my wife loves the Marvel movies and Star Trek and stuff like that, but she doesn't do comics. She won't, she doesn't read them. She, she won't read them. So yeah. um, I'm kind of, I don't get to talk to people. And I've, and the only, the only people I know, um, locally that, are, that do that sort of thing are Dan and Stevie, Stevie Lovelace, who, are, who live just down the road. But I don't see them often enough. So anytime I get to talk any comics or, or anything geek-related is, is fucking awesome. So, yeah, that's why nice. I do it. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I've so, had the same experience with Lindsay, where she loves, like, serial killer stories. Like, she mm-hmm. really gets into them. And so... Naturally, I'm like, well, you need to read Nailbiter Volume One. I'm like, just, yeah. just, just read the first issue in it and just tell me what you think. And so, you know, I left, I left it right out. And so, I've got my comics that are all in my pull list. I've got like a display box that I built where it's right, like four. Yeah. It's like I've four. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I, and usually what I'll do is I'll put a paperback trade at the front of each one so that when you tilt the comics forward, it doesn't get a bend in the book. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. And the other thought was I could just get a piece of plexiglass made that's the size of a comic book to put in front of each one as well, and then that would be a pretty good block as well. <laughs> you could do that. <laughs> but it's like it works out just having trades there, especially because I've already I've always got trades that are on my list that I haven't read yet, and so those will just be right there, and then I'm reminded every day when I'm sitting on the end of the bed putting my socks on, like, dude, you haven't read Preacher Volume 2 yet. What the fuck? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> How far do you get in the boys? I'm halfway through volume six. So that's so you you did hero gasm, didn't you? Yes. What a fucked up storyline! <laughs> it was brilliant. I love that book. This is every page. <laughs> every page you turn to is something more depraved. It was so good. I need to jump back into into that one because I love the subplot they got in the background between Huey. And was it like Stargirl or, yeah. or whatever her name is? Yeah. Because at some point that shit's going to come to a head and it's going to break my fucking heart. I just know, I just know that he's going to do this to me in this book. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you? I'm you know? not spoil anything. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> so I'm, I'm on, I think I'm on nine. So I've got another three to go. There's 11, it, it, 11, 11 volumes in total. Okay, so it is wrapped up then. It is wrapped up. It is finished at eleven. Okay, so, fuck, I get it. Yeah, pre- preachers nine volumes. Got um, the boys is eleven, I think. So, yeah, anything Garth Ennis. I've yet to read something by him that I was like, eh, about. He, he's you know, still, I think he's still my favorite writer. Yeah, he's um, brilliant, dude. And Jimmy's Bastards has been Jimmy's so Bastards good. Is great. Have you read? Did you read the dust? Liam Mutley, he's done. Uh no no I've but, not read I mean, that one. If you if you're a fan of of the old wacky races stuff, um, which you must be as a kid, you must have watched wacky races a lot. Um, you you'll you'll it, it's very funny, and uh, he's writing that. It's only a six I think six issues miniseries for DC. So he's doing yeah. that at the moment. Um, I know I've definitely seen them, but I I've not read any of it. Yeah, it's it's weird. So it, it's the premise is that um, two air force pilots are flying a mission in the Middle East. I think it is somewhere, 
and they're trying to track down an old drone fighter. Um, so drone surveillance, and as they as the, it, they pass it, it lets off some weird radiation that suddenly turns them. It starts turning them into the cartoon characters of Dastardly and Muttley. <laughs> so Muttley ends up with his dog's head. His head turns into a dog, and and Dastardly Darst, um, starts growing the mustache, and it all beca- and it starts affecting other people in the world, and it just gets really weird. Um, uh, and it's it's sort of coming to a head now. I think we're one more issue and it's finished, but it's just bizarre. Oh, yeah, along the same lines of Jimmy's Bastards with the um, sex change fucking... I know, what the fuck was that? What's going on? And the guy with the one boob. Why did I get one? <laughs> okay, so for the listeners in Jimmy's Bastards, it's basically like, imagine a really silly take on like James Bond, right? Yeah. Only all the villains are like bastards of James Bond from his many sexual exploits. <laughs> and then oh, when they, when they really reveal to him that they've been fucking oh, his daughters and oh, yeah, it was, it's really messed up. <laughs> it's so messed up. And the art is so good. And the hyper violence level is up there. Like, yeah, okay. Speaking of hyper violence, have you read much of invincible? Uh, I've read the first trade. Yeah, see, I am... That's that's the... So I've got three trades that are outstanding right now that I need to read. And mm. that last one is Invincible Volume 8. I haven't picked that one up yet. Oh, wow. Yeah, but dude, wow. What what a great book. Yeah, when when you get the opportunity, like keep on with that one because I think you'll yeah. like it. I really, I did enjoy it. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm keeping an eye out on um, Amazon for the the compendium, so I can get like fifty issues or whatever in a in a in a book. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I've yet to buy any like real big one. Like like the closest, I guess. Colder was an omnibus. I got that, one, mm. so it's probably like a good inch thick or so. Yeah. But I've I've seen those big compendiums of like The Walking Dead and stuff where it's like a tr- a trade that's like it looks like it's two inches thick. Yeah, all my Walking Deads I buy I've, I've bought, I buy the hardcover books, so it's like um, ten or twelve issues I think in each in each book. But they're the, they're the nice black hardcovers, so they're not quite the compendiums, but they're they're nice collector's issue issue, issue ones. So I've got all of those up to number ten I think at the moment. Sweet. Oh gosh, it's, it's, you know what? It's having space. It's the problem I've got. Oh yeah, enough of it. Dude, like, that's we, something I worry about with my single issues. Yeah, I'm not so worried with single issues. I mean, I've got. We went down to my dad's and so down in West Country earlier in the year, and we loaded my van with um, like boxes of stuff that we were trying to ship out of the house just to make a bit more room and. Most of there were three long boxes of comics, um, two boxes of graphic novels, and about seven boxes of Funko Pops. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> um, all went down to my dad's, and I can't remember what's there now. Um, but I was scrolling through my long box, and I've got so many duplicate issues of Deadpool classic issue, classic issues, and Spawn issues, and all this sort of stuff. Was where I've been buying, and I haven't remembered what I've got. Oh yeah. So I mean, have you ever seen the um, the the Deadpool 
movie um, cover run they did, like movie poster run. So they did like a Nirvana Nevermind cover with Deadpool swimming through chimichanga. <laughs> no, I didn't see any of those. It, they're really cool covers, and they did I want to see it now, though. And a and a, and a Mrs. Robinson, and also all these sort of things, and a Jaws. Um, and I've got quite a few duplicates of that, and apparently they're quite valuable comics now. Oh, nice. So they might, again, going back to the grading, they might be worth getting those graded if I ever get a chance. But yeah, there's... Um, oh, God, sorry, the boy's waking up. I don't know it's why. okay. In my mind, I was just like, oh, no, man, it's late as fuck there, and he sounds like he's wide awake. <laughs> no, he'll be all right. He'll just go to sleep, and he'll go back to bed in a minute. So, yeah, <laughs> so all, my, all my stuff sort of gradually gets shipped down to Dad's, and then I just load it back up here again. So I've now nearly filled all my, my where I where I cleared my graphic novel shelf. I've nearly filled it again. Oh, I just don't know what to do with it all. And I yeah, like I've... having trades. I like, you know what? I, a lot of the time, I'd rather buy trades than I'd buy single issues. I can relate because then they're just they're nicer to display, aren't they? You can't really display single issues. Yep, they're they're nicer to display. I can just grab one off my bookshelf, and I don't. I don't worry if I leave it on an end table next to my couch, you know, whereas if I, if I grab like a whole story arc out of my box and I have to get up and leave the couch for a little bit, I almost feel like I should take these books with me because I want them to stay in good shape. Like when I get my books home from the comic shop, I scan them into my CLZ comics app on my phone, the inventories, all my books, and then they immediately go into a bag with a board in it. Yeah, mine come back and boarded from the comic shop. They do it for me. Ah, you're lucky. I, I've got a little hole in the wall shop that doesn't do shit like that for me. Well, this is, our shop's not very big, but they do it. I mean, they, they charge you charge you for the fucking privilege, but they do do it for me, which is cool. Uh, uh, see, I haven't, I, I haven't I, got I any I way could... of inventorying. In, inventorying. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I haven't got. I, I had an app that I tried to use, but it didn't work properly, so I gave up. And I just went, oh, "Fuck it, I'll just buy what I want to buy." Yeah. See, the the app I use is called CLZ Comics, and you can get it as a free trial to put in like your first hundred issues to see how it works, mm. and then after that, it's like a one time purchase of I think nine ninety nine. Right. Which I was like, "Fuck, that's steep," but. I got tired of, like, I came home with, like, a duplicate issue of Suicide Squad once. And I was like, fuck, man, I've already got an issue of number five. Now I got two of them. And it pissed me off. <laughs> I was like, I need to have a better way to keep track of this shit. Well, you go loopy if you look through my fucking comic collection, then. <laughs> well, I was looking through, and I mean, I've got my, because I started collecting with Spawn. That was my first comic that I got, which was, oh. How old am I now? 38, 30, no, 39 this, 30, 39, 30, 39, 40 this year. So, 40 this year, that would mean I was 16 when I first started buying comics regularly, which would be 20, 24 years? Is that 24? Yes. So, 24 years ago, I started collecting Spawn. From issue, I think I jumped on it, issue 13. Um, I got all the back issues, so I have got first issue, first prints of Spawn from issue 1 to issue 75, I believe. 
plus all the tie-ins, plus all the freebies, plus all the Angela comics, which are now quite sought after because they're the ones that then Neil Gaiman sold to Marvel. So Angela went to Marvel. Um, I've got loads of Deadpool. Gen, thir- not Gen 13? Yeah. I've got a couple of dodgy Witchblade swimsuit issues. Like all these sort of comics that I bought when I was 16, 17. And then I've gone and bought them all again when I got back into comics 10 years ago. So I've got all these duplicates of comics that I was like, what the fuck? Oh, I stick on eBay. And then I look at eBay and think, actually, they're not worth selling. So I might as well just keep hold of them and then sell them when they are worth money. That's the same way I've been looking at my collection. Yeah. You never know. One day your creators might actually come over here and I can get something signed signed by them, but it never seems to work that way. Yeah. And, you know, with me, with eBay, it's like I have to measure it against, there's like a pain in the ass factor to where it's like, okay, if I'm going to sell this for barely above retail and then I'm going to have to make sure that this thing is packaged up really well, I'm going to have to go out of my way to go to the post office and send it and then hope that this buyer gives me good feedback and shit. It's it's like how much of this am I willing to stress myself out over versus just keeping it in a long box and keeping it in my closet. Yeah. Is it really worth it? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so there's been times in my life where I've really lied to myself. I'm like, Oh, I'm buying this for, because I'm going to turn around and resell it someday. It's like, are you really? (laughs) No, you don't. Not at all. It's it's bonkers. I mean, yeah, uh, well, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, I've got I've, at some point I need to go through my comics and sort them out and inventory them. I might have to look at that. C C M. So what's C M Z? C L Z. I'll take a screenshot of it and send it to you. Yeah, later. that'd be awesome. It's it's super handy because when you go to add new comics in, you can just scan the barcode. Okay, cool. Yeah, and and I will. It, it worked so much better on my iPhone when I had that. I'm. I'm really having buyer's remorse that I was cheap and bought an Android. <laughs> really? <laughs> There's so much about it that just pisses me the fuck you, off, dude. You were all about it. You're like, oh, well, th- that was me being an optimist, iPhone. okay? <laughs> I try to be an optimist. And like part of being an optimist is lying to yourself. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm an Apple bitch. I'm, I'm not, not going anywhere else now. Oh, yeah. Well, I I had put up a post in the Leftover Army earlier today asking about antivirus software, and part of it turned into a debate on, you know, Mac versus PC. AVG. Yeah. Antivirus. I ended up getting the Panda protection one, which worked out great. AVG's always been good, and it's free. And that was the other one I was leaning towards. Yeah. And and then yeah, a couple people said panda at first, and I was like, okay, I like pandas. I'm gonna go with this. <laughs> I'll tell you what: if you ever want an instant dose of happiness, look up videos of panda caretakers in China. Have you ever okay. seen those from like no. the panda, like um, uh, what the hell do they call those? The the places you know where they take little babies and and raise them. Um. Enclosure, the, the um, zoos, something like that. But it's like I, I couldn't imagine a happier job. You just see these people, and it's like their job. It's like they're in a daycare for baby pandas, and they're just out watching these pandas play on like playground equipment and stuff. 
you know. Oh, it's fucking adorable. I'll I'll send you a link just so you can smile. <laughs> I always smile. I'm always happy. <laughs> Mister Bluefish people, is always happy. <laughs> like people, people who think I'm always grumpy and always miserable. I'm not. I will always see the positive in anything. I'm I'm never miserable about anything. <laughs> That's good. I'm not. It it's so point? much easier to get through life that way. There's no, there's, what, it, there's no point in worrying about stuff. You just get on with it. Fucking that hell. is true. I mean, um, if you want to take, did you ever watch that mo- that Ryan Reynolds movie, Van Wilder? Yes, I love that film. I love that movie too. And <laughs> one of the lines that I repeat from it all the time is, "Worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere." Yeah, it's very good advice. It is no fucking point. good advice. You know, my wife doesn't get it when I'm like, why aren't you worried about the tax bill? Because it'll be all right. Don't worry about it. What's the point? You know, yeah. it'll be fine. Why aren't you worried about this? Because what's the point? I would just be wasting my time worrying and I wouldn't get anything done productive. Yeah, absolutely so, right, man. I don't get it. So. But no, if I'm they... not a miserable bastard, I promise you. <laughs> I don't think you're a miserable bastard, dude, I promise. I do. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, I interact with you enough, like, texting and stuff that I know. <laughs> that I know. <laughs> Maybe it's just the people that are only judging you from certain appearances on, like, the Supercast and stuff. <laughs> yeah, the, tr- the trouble is, <sighs> I want really i mean it, it comes down to films and stuff i want as going back to superhero films i really want good films now i wasn't impressed with wonder woman i wasn't impressed with logan um i've, I've i'm every time i even think about watching that film again my rating drops because i just think the end of it's rubbish um I really liked Thor because it was fun. It made me laugh. And I really liked Justice League because it made me laugh. Possibly <laughs> for the completely wrong reasons. But <laughs> I just, I'm not grumpy. I just want the best and I'm not getting the best that I think I deserve. Does that make sense? Yeah. Dude, I, I my wife tells me all the time, like, if, if, if I'm on a real roll complaining about something, she'll be like, you just have very high standards is yeah. all. And other people just don't match up to those standards at times. And you can find that frustrating. And for yeah. me, it's like my high standards. It, some of them, it, it just feels like to me, it's not a high standard to me. That's the bar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, the, if, if everybody just looked at certain situations the same way I did, I think the world would be a better place. Maybe that's arrogance. I don't give a fuck. It's how I feel. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I, I, I can curse her. <laughs> fuck them all. <laughs> I've also got a very low tolerance for assholes. Yeah, yeah, same here. I really can't say. I know a lot of people I just don't like. I mean... I I must look like just a miserable bastard when I walk around the local supermarket because I've I'm normally in my workplace so I'm either covered in sawdust or mud or anything else and I'm just, you know I'm not a small guy I'm like six five 
relatively well built and with my fucking camo deerstalker hat on and I'm just walking around Tesco's with a thunderous look on my face because I don't want to be in there and I don't want to deal with you people and I just want to get my fucking bread and my milk and I want to go home and be in my perfect little place where I'm not bothered by dickheads. And um, and for that, I probably got a bit of a bad rep around the local area for being a miserable bastard as well. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. I don't need people's approval. I just need to be happy myself. Oh, yeah. Dude, there, there might be nothing greater that will fill me with an indomitable rage than walking around a supermarket. <sighs> Ikea. I've never been to an Ikea. So. <laughs> this is why you're still married. <laughs> I will tell you though that going to a supermarket where with me I go into a supermarket with a goddamn mission. I've got oh, yeah. a list. I know where the things are on this list. If I'm really prepared, I put the list in order of how the how soon I'm going to get there. You know what I mean? Wow. I'll go in, I'll go to the back of the store and I'll work my way to the front and when I'm done I'm going to go right to the checkout. I'm going to find the one that's the shortest. I'm going to pay for my shit. I'm going to walk out to my car with a fast pace and I'm going to get the fuck out of there. And when I get in front of these goddamn people that just walk slow or they go shopping in a group that takes up the whole aisle, it's oh. it's hard. I die inside. Just drives me mental. <laughs> I just I like the way a supermarket's laid out is wrong in my eyes. So Do you know that there's a philosophy behind how a supermarket is laid out? Yeah, and I can't remember what it is. But they call it the perimeter of power. Right. <laughs> Where they put all the they put the shit you really need clear in the back so you gotta walk past all the bullshit that's gonna no, just pique your interest as you're walking past do it. That as much here. As soon as you enter the supermarket here, you're you're in the fruit and veg aisle. Then you go through and then you get to your meat and then you get your cereals and your crisps and all that sort of shit. Um, can we just take a break a minute while I sort the boy out? Absolutely. And we're back. So where were we? Shopping I hate aisles. people in the supermarket. So, yeah, so you, you walk into the local supermarket and you've got food, fruit and veg, then meat, and then unacceptable. So my wife and I and just start picking out veg. I'm like, well, what are we having with this veg? Well, meat. Well, we haven't bought the meat yet. Surely you start with the meat and then you get the veg to go with the meat. But they don't do it that way. And it baffles me. I don't understand it. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you see what I mean? Oh, totally. You don't buy you don't buy your veg and go. What meat can I have with this veg? <laughs> you buy your meat and go right. I'm I'm getting a um, pork chops. Oh, I need some potatoes and some salad or some green beans or whatever. Or oh, getting a roast chicken. Right, I need some potatoes, carrots, parsnips. You know, you 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 buy. You don't work veg, then meat. You work meat, then veg. <laughs> that is true. I mean, you build, you you need to build off your entree. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't, it, it baffles me. So I, I, don't, I don't like shopping. I, I hate shopping. I hate people. People are horrible. 
Yeah. <laughs> I can totally well, I get down with that. I have a real, real issue with lots of people as well. Yeah, no, like, I do I too. I do crowds now. I can't do it. I, mean, I used to do crowds all the time at festivals, but I just can't fucking do them anymore. They really agitate me. I, I get really claustrophobic. Yeah, the the smaller the group of people around, the more that you will see me come out of my shell. Yeah. Like when you when you get me around a bunch of people, I tend to be the complete opposite of what anybody who knows me well will will know me as. Like I'll tend to be pretty quiet, pretty pretty withdrawn, but you get me around to like especially one on one, and and that's why Starkcast works out so well is that for the most part it's just me talking with somebody else, and and that's pretty easy for me to do. But yeah, I can relate, man. I people as a whole can really bum me out. Yeah, the human race is not heading in a good place as far as I can see. It's um they're getting more and more vapid and more more and more self obsessed and I think it's a we're in for a bit of a fucking shit time. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue that with you. <laughs> but you're already there. You are already there. You're living in the fucking shit you started. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, it's weird. I don't know whether it's an age thing or it's just. I think it must. It must be a bit of both. It must be a bit of an age thing and the and the attitudes of people that's that's fucking everything up. You know, we're we're finding right now that, that people have got no sense of personal space. So they literally reach across you in the supermarket to get something. They won't say, "Excuse me, pardon me," you know, just or, or wait until you're... they'll literally reach across your eye line to get something. Yeah, without saying "excuse me," that is just for fuck's sake. That, to me, that's fucking inconceivable. Yeah, it's unbelievable, <laughs> and my wife gets so agitated with it. And I, I mean, I, I don't really deal with it too much because people tend to stay out of my way. But I, I have seen it when they do this sort of thing. You just think, for fuck's sake, you know, manners cost nothing. Yeah. Right. And it does so much to just grease the wheels of social interaction. Of course it does. And you, you, you know, you, the worst thing is most of them are fucking parents. They got their kids with them and you got the kids seeing this shit. And then they turn out to be horrible little fuckers as well. (laughs) That's goddamn right. And then you get the vicious cycle of, you know, Oh, fucking people (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay one quick question that I should have I'd meant to ask you this earlier when we were talking about you know the different things to see in England but have you ever seen Stonehenge yes many times I drive past it every time I go to my dad's oh wow dude that's so fucking cool like I've heard that I've heard that that whole area has just got like a real cool vibe to it yeah they need to bulldoze it (laughs) (laughs) do you have to drive way around it like it like in a perfect world the road would go through there no 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 right so (laughs) basically right on on so my dad is a hundred and 20 miles, 150 miles away from here. 
Now, to get there, you go a lot of country lanes, and then you get to a motorway. And you get on the motorway, and you think, this is fucking great, dual carriage. And it's only two two-lane motorway, not not one of your 1,200-lane, however many you have out there. We're, we're a little country. We only need two lanes, you see. So, <laughs> so we drive down the two-lane motorway. It's going great. Oh, brilliant. We're making really good time. We'll be there in, in another two hours. And then you get to Stonehenge, and it goes to one lane. And everybody stops and goes, look at the fucking stones they've piled up there. That's really interesting. <laughs> and it means there's a fucking traffic jam. So bulldoze it, put in a dual carriageway so that I can get to my dad's quicker. <laughs> Fuck your history. Fuck the druids. I've seen the stones. They're great and all. But move them. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why people think that you need a panda video, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it now. I'm hearing myself say it. <laughs> oh, dearing me. Oh, shit. See, you know what? You want to know the danger? And I'm, I'm not going to say anything about gun laws or anything else, but I'm, I'm really glad that the gun laws in this country are the way they were because I would be the fucker that would flip the switch and go nuts and kill everybody. Because I just just get in that much of a state of like, I hate everybody and I'd just lose it. I'm sure I would. And I'd do it to something. I'd put on some, you'd you'd see me just put headphones in my ears and then something like fucking Olivia Newton-John would come on and I'd just let loose with a gun. (laughs) Let's get physical. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Just mowing down people in a supermarket. <laughs> You're just picturing those thick ankle warmer socks and just filled with rage. <laughs> oh, just, uh, it just, I get so angry. I do get angry. I'm not going to lie. I get really fucking angry and I get really hangry as well. Do you get hangry? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, I, if I'm not eating, that's it. I'm, I, you don't want to be around me. Um, but yeah, I just, it frustrates me so much that when stuff doesn't work or people don't do stuff they're supposed to, or, or like it's fucking the 21st century. Yeah. 21st century. Everything should work properly. Everything should function and everything one should do the job they are supposed to do. And if stuff doesn't work or stuff isn't being done right, it, it, drives me bonkers i can't deal with it it uh, like if my I internet can relate my to internet's that. going on the fucking blink i'll get more annoyed at that than i will <laughs> at anything else in the world because like, i'm paying <laughs> for you you're supposed to work <laughs> all the time and you're going wrong oh. <laughs> You know what that comes from, dude? What's that it? comes from, like, cause I can relate to this because it comes to the fact that we both have a, a high standard that we expect. If we expect yeah. it from ourselves, which which is hard, what what is harder than self discipline, right? Nothing. It's fucking challenging because yeah. there's nothing easier to say than hey, fuck it, <laughs> right? And so if you're going to hold yourself, and I don't even, it doesn't even need to be with every aspect of your life. If there's one little part of your life 
that you will hold to a high standard, it's easy to look at everything as a high standard. And especially if it's something that you're paying money for. Oh, yeah, dude. If my internet isn't working right, I'm pissed. This fucking jank-ass DVR that my shit co-op in town makes me buy, it is the clunkiest piece of shit that I've ever owned in my life. And, like, I will rage the fuck out when I go to skip through my commercial breaks and I pick up my remote my remote and I quick hit that 15 second skip button three times and it doesn't do shit, but I see the light is flashed on the DVR, meaning that it is processed my request and it's sitting there thinking about it. Jesus. And I'm just dying inside watching this commercial that I don't want to see. I hate it. (laughs) It makes me so upset. And then I get mad at myself. I'm like, dude, you're losing your shit. Because you have to watch a fucking Tide commercial. <laughs> like, tide pods. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I had to say Tide, didn't I? <laughs> what the fuck? Look, right, can you explain to me? Because I don't, I don't do news and I don't try and, I try and stay out of all this fucking current bullshit that's going on because it just, it would just make me want to shoot myself in the head. What's going, what, what, where's this come from? Okay, it is a combination of social media, cameras on phones, and the average person wanting to be famous. Yeah, but what what started it? What, what, it, it I have no idea. I don't know where. You don't know either. <laughs> I have no so clue. I, I understand that people are eating them or doing stuff with them, but I don't know where it's <laughs> come from originally. <sighs> I think it's monkey see, monkey do. I think some retard... <laughs> Yes, I just casually threw that out there. I don't care. I'm drunk. Some so fucking idiot. <laughs> Some idiot out there made a video where they were like, "Oh, this thing looks like candy." Maybe they saw like a news headline or something like that 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 these Tide Pods look too much like candy, and kids were eating them, and so they got the brilliant idea. I'm going to film myself making this. They did it. It was probably funny on some level. Other people saw it, and it turned into monkey see, monkey do, and everybody else wanted to do it. It reminds me of when I was in middle school, and some idiot that was in my class brought in a book that wasn't even a real book. It was a collection of David Letterman top ten lists, right? Right. In an English class, that's all everybody wrote for like two months. Nobody was writing short stories. Nobody was writing poetry. Nobody was writing anything with a plot. Everybody was writing a top 10 list. It was monkey see, monkey do. And even in fucking seventh grade, it made me want to die. The world needs to be cold. We need a good plague. Or or, like something to cull the population. Winter is coming. Why the bird flu? That was the uh, swine flu and bird flu. They were the ones that were going to do the trick, weren't they? What happened to those? They fizzled out. Pandemics. I hate that word. Fucking pandemic. <laughs> Stupid word. Have you watched much uh, Bill Burr stand-up comedy? No, I've never seen any Bill Burr. Oh, my goodness. Um, check him out, because I think he will become your favorite stand-up comic. Because he like know. bitches about stupid people, and in like his last three specials, I think in a row, he's talked about the importance of we need a good plague to get rid of all these stupid fucking people in the world. Is he is he a typical American comic, or is he a little bit more story orientated? Uh, let's see. He's 
That's like I mean, I bitingly that. sarcastic. Like I, yeah. I think he, you would he would really trigger your sensibilities. I think you would like him. The See, I mean, I know you say you like Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries to me is is a is a is a storytelling comic, whereas a lot of American comics that I've seen are, are more of an observational comedy. So like, oh, you know, what's the deal with this? And that's funny. And that, whereas um, British comedians, especially, are very much there's a story. They're telling you a story the whole time, which is what we're used to. Which is what I, I, I you know, I love Richard Pryor and I and and George George Carl Carlin Carlin. Um, you know those. I love those guys, but um and. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll I'll give him a watch definitely. But you have to then give um, Tim Minchin a watch. Oh, absolutely! If you yeah. haven't heard of him already, he's yeah, I I love comedy. I love yeah. stand up comedy. So yeah, Tim. just if you think of it, send me his name in a text or something like that, so I can I can look it up easy and I will check it out. Yeah, I will definitely send that to you because he's got he's he's a musician as well, um, and he's an incredibly talented songwriter. Um, and he's a ginger as well, which is why I kind of promote him a lot. He's, <laughs> he's, uh, I, I would say Bill Burr is probably more story oriented now that I'm thinking about a lot of his okay, shit. Cool. But it's just he's he's a Boston comic, I think originally, and right. he's 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 ginger, so he's got that going for him, right? <laughs> okay. But I mean, he's just got this really sarcastic, biting like. I don't understand the world around me and I hate it type sense of humor. Yeah. Have you seen F is for family on, on no, Netflix? No, I haven't watched any of it. Okay. That's, that's like his show. Like he does like the, like he's like the main writer on it and he does the voice of the dad and everything. And it's, it's brilliant. Okay. All right. But uh, yeah, he's, um, I, I will check some of it out, but I'll, I'll send you a link for, for Tim mention as well. Cause you're really like, there's, there's, um, I mean, there's some really. He's, he's got his songs are just amazing. There's one called um, "You uh, Grew on Me," which is all about you grew on me like a tumor. Um, <laughs> awesome. A song that I a song that I sent Paul Hart when when we started the Ginger Mirror. <laughs> it's a song called Prejudice, and it starts by by saying that there's a, there's a word in history that that causes so many problems, and then he starts spelling it out, and he says, you know, an N. Uh, an I, two G's, an E, and an R. Ginger. <laughs> and the whole chorus is only a ginger can call another ginger ginger. And it's <laughs> but but when I first heard it, and I was thinking, oh god, no, he's not going to start singing about the bad word, is he? And he completely flips it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very clever. But he's an Australian comic. He's not even British. He's Australian. Oh, nice. Um, did, but did you ever see that clever. South Park episode with the N-word? No. I, I haven't seen many South Park episodes. Okay, um, so so like the setup on this one is that at the beginning of the episode, uh, Randy is on Wheel of Fortune. Right. And he's in the he's in the bonus round. And it comes up, so the puzzle is, the clue is people who annoy you, and it's in blank G-G-E-R-S. 
and he's sitting there and he's just sweating bullets and it shows the cameraman's angle and the cameraman's a black guy and he re- leans over past the camera and he's giving him a really dirty look and like randy's like he's like i think i know what it is i don't know if i should say it and then he actually blurts it out and it's like eh, and it comes up and it's naggers <laughs> And the whole episode is all the fallout from it. And like Jesse Jackson shows up and makes him kiss his ass. Oh my god. And everything it's 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 typical South Park. It's fucking brilliant. But yeah, naggers. People who annoy you. The last good the last great South Park episode I ever watched was the World of Warcraft one. Oh yeah. Mom Toilet! <laughs> Every time that episode has been stitches, it's fucking genius. <laughs> Cartman's mom's holding that bucket and he's just <laughs> shit. What the fuck is this? <laughs> it's, just, it's just wrong. It's, really wrong. <laughs> it's so beautifully wrong. Oh, though. fucking hell. Well, just... And the thing about South Park is like, yes, it's wrong, but there is so much truth in their episodes that it's undeniable you know you, you of course can't... it is i mean that's the reason it is funny is because there are actually people like that yeah really bad thing isn't it? it's... oh god it's did you happen to I... see any of the ones with pc principal no where they were taking on the whole pc fucking culture no, I didn't see those. <laughs> the school gets this new principal that's like this dude bro that like looks like he's all jacked and he's like wearing Oakleys. <laughs> Shit, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> Bonkers, I think we don't get we don't get South Park relatively regularly because I've cancelled. I, I don't have a TV service really anymore. Everything Are you more switching to just kind of like streaming and stuff? Yeah, everything we have is streaming, and of course we don't get, you know. Um, like we haven't got Hulu over here either, and our Netflix is relatively um, relatively sparse compared to yours a lot of the time. So we don't get a lot of the stuff that you get, which is which sucks balls. Um, so we have to kind of find other ways and other alleged means of watching certain things. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so um, definitely. I should. I really. I, I want to watch more South Park because it's always seems funny, but just never get a chance to. It's fucking. Yeah, it's I know. I it's I haven't watched fucking time. And that's what I was just gonna say. It's so hard to find the time to do it when there's, you know, you're busy with your family and you're busy with other activities like. It's like, yeah, I love reading comics, but there's so many of them I read that it takes five to ten minutes per issue. And if I've got ten issues in my backlog, you know, hey, that's the time it takes the average person to watch two TV shows. Mm. You know, and so I'm going to choose one over the other. And you know what? Image comics are fucking rad. I'm sticking with those. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have, I'm going to sort of get up at six and I have a couple of hours in the morning. And at, at the moment, I'm gaming every morning, but not a lot of the time that would be when I'd sit and watch my TV shows. And I'd watch stuff that Cat doesn't want to watch, like Fargo, um, 
or Mindhunter or even Game of Thrones before she then decided she wanted to watch it. So I managed, I started Game of Thrones last September, I think, because I'd never seen it before. And I started yeah. it around the same time as Rebecca did. And I came through all seven seasons in about two weeks. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then Kat decided that she want to watch it, so I did it all again. <laughs> so I watched it twice, back to back, and fucking loved it. But, um, anyway, so we'll go back to where, where was I? Um, yeah. TV um, watching. So, so yeah, what, I, used to, I do that in the mornings, and then come home from work at five, um, go to the gym if I'm going to the gym, come back. By the time we get round in bed at eight, we've got an hour until the girls go to bed. And then you've got an hour, and I'm, I want to go to bed at 10 o'clock. So you don't get a chance to watch anything of, of like of substance. So so much stuff gets missed or left behind now because we just don't get the fucking time to watch it. It's um, crazy. And then we get a weekend, and I'm fucking working Saturday, and I fall asleep on a bloody sofa at 8 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're up till all hours of the night recording a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, with fucking people in strange time zones. <laughs> and I'll be up in the morning to to do whatever tomorrow and gym and walk the dog and then I've got two podcasts to do tomorrow afternoon and Oh shit. And back to work on Monday laying a floor. Ugh. Yeah, dude. It, it's getting late as fuck and we and we've already gone for like three and a half hours, so we, we can probably wrap it up. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to, I'm quite happy. I'm not trying to break a record. I don't care about fucking records. <laughs> no, dude, I, I've had so much fun talking with you, Matt, and like I'm already looking forward to the next one. <laughs> well, whenever you want, well, we're, we're going to get to talk next Saturday, aren't we? So that'll be fucking cool. That's going to be rad. That, yeah, that'll be so much fun. Really and like, I actually. I actually put it in my notes. I'm like, don't talk about Pantera yet. Save it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to. I've got to do. I've got to do some listening between now and then because I've got to catch up with. Uh, oh, I haven't listened to Pantera for a long time. Yeah, I remember after James and I first kind of talked about that, I started brainstorming like, what five songs would I pick? And so I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing how my five songs are going to compare. So, to you, uh, are you are you. So you're that little bit younger than me. Yep, I was born in 1980. Yeah, so you would be more of the Great Southern Trendkill school. See, Far Beyond Driven is my favorite album. That right, was my okay. introduction to Pantera was Far Beyond Driven. Right, okay. See, I remember I remember Volga coming out. I remember Volga Display of Power and then Far Beyond Driven. And then I see I haven't really ever listened to um, much after that because, as far as I was concerned, they couldn't get any better than those two albums. <laughs> but, yeah, I know I've got to. I'm gonna actually. I will do that tomorrow. So you haven't listened to much of Great Southern Trenkel? No, not a massive amount. I have to. I have to go through and listen to it. Okay. I. Uh, I'm going to go off notes here. I'm going to say, fuck this thing on my notes. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to say, listen to the song Suicide Note. It's parts okay. one and two. Okay. Yeah. And and then we can touch base on Rock With Hop next well, what week. I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the entire Pantera catalog on my um, on my watch. 
on my Apple Watch so that I can have it at the gym and I'll have that as my gym playlist for the next week. Nice. And I will listen to it and catch up. That's what I did last time with um with it with everything else that I have to listen to for for certain things. <laughs> um yeah. so when it comes to metal music, like wh- where are you kinda at on the spectrum with metal? Do you like like the really super heavy stuff? Or are you more with like the melodic stuff that's just kind of got the power chords to it, but it's got like you know, like the more of like if a singer got, you can understand or if it's got guitars, drums and a bass, I love it. Sweet. See, I was I fucked will. up at a young age with metal, dude. I was listening to Cannibal Corpse when I was in like seventh grade. Nice. <laughs> See, my my introduction to metal is um probably Priest, Judas Priest, and then on to Sepultura. Oh, Sepultura with those fucking Brazilian drums. Yeah, Chaos AD. Oh, Chaos AD. That was my album. That was my gateway album to metal. And yep. then from there, I bought Countdown to Extinction um, by Megadeth, and then Vulgar Display of Power. And then from there, it's grown to stuff like, I don't know whether you heard of the Job for a Cowboy. Dude, the Job for a Cowboy's first album with the singer making those demonic fucking hog noises. Yep. I've seen them oh. play that live. Oh, it's so fucking, fucking Im- You got to see them live? Yeah, twice. They're amazing. Oh, shit, dude. As well. um, dude, Entombment then- of a Machine. Like, I, I just, I, the whole Doom album, I love the way it starts out with that weird track of, like, the, the dude just like, let me out of here! <laughs> let me out! And he's, like, screaming, and it just goes into the... And it's like... Oh my god, I'm getting goosebumps just fucking yeah. thinking about it. Um, so yeah, that <laughs> Dimu, Slayer, Lamb of God, Killswitch, Metallica, Megadeth, Iron Maiden, you know, all of it. I've, I've said so most of my live gigs have been festivals. So, and at festivals, you get such a big myriad of, of different types of bands. So, I've near enough and you know, I know it's yeah. I've, I've near enough seen every band. I sort of said to James, I've seen near enough every band I wanted to see, bar one or two, and they've just always oh, just amazing. And there's just something about metal music that just gets the fucking blood going so doesn't it so much, dude? Like, could you imagine just having like metal? in your in your head like in headphones and going through the supermarket with a shovel and just hitting people in the face (laughs) (laughs) like it might sound fucked up if you don't listen to metal that sounds fucked up to you (laughs) but but matt's with me i know it (laughs) oh god yeah (laughs) 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 i'm all jazzed up i want to go listen to job for a cowboy now and (sighs) and jump around (laughs) it's such a good album have you, I mean, do you, what, where are you at on that? I mean, you, do you listen to much Killswitch and Metalcore stuff, or are you more um, heavy, heavy? So I go through, like, I'll listen to almost every genre of music, mm-hmm. and, like, I kind of go through them. And so, like, metal has always got a place in my heart, but for the longest time. So I was on a deep metal kick, and that's when I was listening to, um, like, lots of Job for a Cowboy, Black Dahlia Murder, uh suffocation or was it suffocated suffocated yeah i was listening to a lot of them god damn i had one of their live albums and it was so fucking harsh man (laughs) and um and so then from there the dudes i was climbing with got me into dubstep 
And so then I started listening to oh. lots of dubstep. Get out. Nah, well, like I said, dude, I can listen to like I'll listen to super old fucking American country also and sing along with it and shit. Like basically, oh, yeah, the only no, music I, mean, I, I, I get that <laughs> dubstep is not music. No, it, it's totally fucking weird noise. <laughs> but but it was getting me amped up when I was in the gym, and so it was doing yeah. what I needed to do, what I needed it to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I need I need eighties power ballads for uh, power metal for, um, for, <laughs> for getting the, uh, like Stan Bush and that sort of shit for for getting me pumped up in the gym. No, you want some eighties fucking power ballads, dude? I will listen to the shit out of fucking Dio, in oh, the Black God, Sabbath, yeah. Heaven and Hell album. Have you um, have you heard the Kill Switch cover of Holy Diver? Uh, I've if if they got radio play, I've probably heard it. I listened it, it to the Rock did. with Hop episode where you were talking about Kill Switch, and I was like, yeah. I need to fucking check this out because Matt's got me stoked. Yeah, Kill Switch are, are one of my favorite bands because they're just they're just so having such a good time the whole the whole way through it. They're they're there for a laugh. They're there to enjoy themselves, and that's of all the bands I've ever seen, they've been the only ones that have purely just been having fun. <laughs> awesome. You know, I mean, I got to see Trivium and Still Remain. Oh, just so, so many. If I go back and actually look at ticket stubs, it would scare the life out of me. <laughs> I love fucking Dio stuff, though, man. Yeah, Dio was all right. I mean, it was a bit. Don't know. I preferred Maiden. Yeah, yeah, I can get down with Maiden too, but I, I've listened to more Dio than Maiden. And and really, my introduction to Dio was the Heaven and Hell album because mm. I had a cassette that had Black Sabbath Paranoid on one side and Heaven yeah. and Hell on the other. Yeah. And that first time I listened to Heaven and Hell was like the look out. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Is that the, that's <laughs> not, Heaven and Hell is not the album that they did when Dio rejoined, was it? No, that was the first album he did with them. And yeah, then they did they a live did. album called Mob Rules. And then there was some sort of controversy where they accused him of going into the studio off hours and turning up the vocals tracks so it made him louder. And then it was like a big controversy in the band and they booted him out. And then I think he came back years later. Yeah, they did. And when he came back, they did another Heaven and Hell album, which I have. Um, Oh, sweet. It was around the same time that Leonard Skinner released Gods and Guns. Right on. Yeah, I didn't know any of that that shit. Um and it was there's some really good songs. And it's the same same time. Um, there's a really good like three albums. We were, we were listening to a load of like rock rock radio at the time where we were working, and there was three albums that caught our ears. And it was the, the Skinner Gods and Guns, the Heaven and Hell, and then Europe's um, uh, Europe. And the sort the album was called Eden or something, East of Eden. And they were really fucking good albums, like for, for a load of old old geezers that couldn't play anymore, and they were really fucking good. <laughs> That's fucking awesome, <laughs> dude! I was already super stoked to do this rock with Hop with you, and now I'm like even more. <laughs> it's gonna be so much gonna fun. Be really interesting. I'm actually looking forward to hearing like years. That's gonna be the interesting one because we're we're like the only ones that aren't nineties. Yeah. It's going to be some 70s and 80s rock, which is going to be cool. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yes. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. That's my next Saturday night. Fucking hell. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, shit, dude. Let's wrap wrap this up. Do you um, you want to uh, plug into your podcast? Uh, Do I have to? 
You don't have to at all. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can hear more of me if you really want to um, when I'm not as tired on the Humperdoo Review with Ty Purvis, and that's a comic book. Uh, sorry, a preach comic book a review podcast, and we're currently on. I think we're going to do our fourth episode tomorrow. So we're getting through that. That's great. Um, you can also hear me on Ginger Mirror with Paul Hart um, from the Animated Backcast. And we are reviewing um, Black Mirror episodes. And tomorrow we're recording another episode. We're going to do um, Archangel, season, episode two from season four. And then occasionally when we can organise it, I do the Jedi Council for the Leftover Army podcast with Jake Elliott and David Isaac, and eventually we might even finish episode one. <laughs> I love that it's been a slow burn through it, dude. I'm not going to lie. It's been awesome. Hell, it has. <laughs> it has. And the trouble is, because we, we can't do it regularly enough, because, it, it's, again, it's time zones. Yeah. It's really tricky. And when, when it would be ideal to do it, Jake records PCL and... You know, so we have to kind of do it again on Saturday night. So we're going to try and be a little bit more regular on that as well because that's a lot of fun to do. Um, and I really want to get to the original trilogy eventually. So it's taken five hours and we're already 45 minutes in. <laughs> I know, maybe in about like. Oh, another twenty episodes are going to get to a new out. hope. Episode nine will be out by the time that we uh, we actually finish up and <laughs> get to, to even because if you think about it, all they're going to do is keep adding films, so we're just going to keep yeah. going. Oh dear, so yeah, that's it. That's where you can hear me if you're really desperate to, but don't don't worry about it. Awesome, dude! Thank you so much for staying up late and hanging out with me. This dude, has been an absolute blast. Man. It's been yeah, it's been awesome fun. Always love talking to people. Ah, I am already yeah. looking forward to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should try and plan the topic for the next one if you want, or we just go rambling again. I don't mind. No, no, we can try and do a topic. We can see how that works. Out. <laughs> <laughs> it won't happen. We'll just turn into more grumpy. Yeah, talking about mass murdering with metal music and. Baseball bats. I, I know both of them with Dan West. We've meant to talk about travel. <laughs> oh, it's so easy to go off on one, isn't it? It's the problem. It is. It's so easy. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been great. And um, thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, this has been Starkcast. If you have any questions or comments on what you just heard, you can email me at startcastpod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Tubby Ninja, or you can check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash startcastpod. Thank you very much for listening. Hey, I'd like to take a moment to ask you all a big favor. If you enjoy listening to Startcast, please log on to iTunes and leave me a review. It uh, really helps with visibility for the show, and um, I would super appreciate it. If you're not a fan and you want to be honest and tell me how much my show sucks, go ahead and leave me a run of those too. <laughs>